Hi, we're back. Hi. We are back again. Uh, I'm Michael. Welcome to Inside Security, the show where we talk about everything in IT security that, well, that, that I find interesting. Um, thanks again for joining us on a on a Friday evening or late Friday for some. That's uh, that's really awesome. Like I've been, I've been really hyped about this all week basically. So we've gone back and forth between the last episodes. I mean, there, there's only been three episodes, right? So, yeah. but anyway, we've gone back and forth between blue and red teaming. And this episode, we're going to go back to the offensive side uh, or the red teaming, the red side, basically. And we have Jeannie with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, oh always the, the nervous part the of introducing question. myself. <laughs> yeah, and now we're switching to English as well. Yeah. Uh, right, so my name is Ginny. Uh, I work as a penetration tester for Defensify in Malmö. And I've been doing this for on and off for about 10 years now. And uh, I keep switching. I can't really decide if I want to penetration test or if I want to do secure coding. So I've been a developer for a few years as well. Uh, but now I'm back to penetration testing because I guess that's where I want to be in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What what do you what do you code in? Do you have any f- favorite language or something? Uh, it's actually a lot of Python and PHP right now. Uh, I know people are like, oh no, PHP is a lot of, it's bad, <laughs> people say. Uh, and I, in some ways I agree. When I mean, if, I, if I'm looking for a weekend project to, you know, an open source project to review, I always like, you know, search for a random word like a school CMS system and then I end it with PHP. Because <laughs> you always find a lot of bugs. And it's because PHP is very forgiving. But I kind of like that, you know, it's... It somehow makes it easier for to code, you know, just sloppy coding on, on a weekend. Yeah, I think PHP is good for that. So, <laughs> so, so how did you get into security? Was it was it via coding or, or some other way into security? Uh, I mean, get into it professionally or just generally? I think generally, like how did it spark your interest to start with? I don't actually remember. Uh, I mean, I started to kind of playfully hack uh, when I was 12 or 13. You know, the just Google, well, not Google. Google wasn't invented back then, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Alta Vista. Uh, yeah, Alta Vista, exactly. was <laughs> thinking of Babel Fish, or what it was called. Yeah. Uh, no, but I was just uh, looking for, you know, all these random TXT files, the what's it called, e-signs <laughs> back in the day. And uh, I would read those. And I would just, I just love the idea of just the hacker, you know, the breaching the, the bank system, you know, the... Uh, hacking NASA or all that, you know, that was very mainstream, like uh, in pop culture back then. But uh, then I, th- I can't remember. I just found a website somewhere, and it had this advertisement for the Hacker's Black Book, <laughs> which which I actually have in my bookcase here behind me. <laughs> uh, I still have it, uh, and I I convinced my parents that I uh, okay, I, I need this book for scientific purposes of course <laughs> and uh and they actually my dad has always been like no we, we were not going to order online credit cards you know plus internet bad very very bad but for some reason they they always have had my back when it comes to educational materials so they actually ordered that for me from some random really shady website <laughs> uh 
and uh, and I guess that's where it started. I read that book. It was very basic, you know, just a lot of uh, oh, here's the ping of doom tool you can download from this website, and then that website, the book was a few years you know old at the time, so all the URLs, you know, none of them really worked because they kept you know changing domains and you know sites kept going down and so on. So, uh, but it had a CD. You got a CD as well with a lot of the tools were on that one. And I think there was actually a virus, a few viruses intentionally on the disk because, you know, ooh, look, here's a virus, also hacky stuff. And I think I ran one or two of them and it just messed up our family computer a few times. And yeah. <laughs> that's how I learned how to reinstall Windows 98, I think. <laughs> well, that's a good way to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> So Darudi from the chat is asking if this real shady bookstore was named Amazon. And I think this was, this was probably way before Amazon. I don't remember when Amazon you know, came at first or when I discovered it. I mean, I probably discovered it way late. Yeah. No, but this was just some really, I mean, I, I can, I mean, we can, later I can just, I have it over here. I can like, dig it out. It's, I think <laughs> the, the name of the website is on the book, I think, where I bought it. That, and I actually, I moved a few months ago or November, yeah, November, and uh, uh, and then we uh, and, I, and I found it again, and I just you know went through it and checked all the URLs, and it just, just popped in the CD to check what was on it, and you know uh, Windows Defender went, ah, no, <laughs> yep, <laughs> what is this ancient bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and then, um, but no, I don't, I don't think it was Amazon. But yeah. I, I mean, that, that, I was. 12, so I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, speaking of, because you mentioned it was named Hacker something. So what's, I mean, what, what what's what's hacking to you? Is it breaking into uh, some website or is it to understand how something works? Like what's hacking to you? Like the definition of it. I mean, in the beginning, it was probably the, I mean, 12-year-old me would probably have said like, ah, oh, hacking banks or, you know, hacking into people's email accounts. I, I had this really cringy, hoodie that I wore on um, in, I don't remember, I don't know the school system in, in English, but Högstadiet, high school, middle school, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it said, I read your email. <laughs> uh, and that, that was a lie. I didn't read people's email because when I started out, I didn't know how to hack an email account, but I tried yeah. and I failed. <laughs> uh, no, actually, um, Hacking for me today uh, is more about the curiosity of how things, you know, to tinker with things, how things work, and to to break them, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't only I don't only tinker with things to find out how they function. I expect to find someone's password in there somewhere. Um, and I mean, when I do reviews, you know, all the, you know, the, those types of security risks more like it you know oh you don't you didn't include these headers or uh this content type is a bit risky blah 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 those things i mean i don't actively use those to attack uh you know a client for example usually like a customer's website but i write them down but usually when you dig into the code you want to find a you know a code execution or a buffer overflow or you know whatever uh to do something really cool and you know, write a uh, write an example a poc to um uh, uh, you know, to bedazzle the customer, you know, in a overwhelmingly pretty uh, PowerPoint presentation or something. <laughs> Always. So do you do, what, what do you do most? Is it like code reviews, pen testing, red teaming, or is it just a mix of everything or anything else? 
Uh, red teaming is relatively rare for me. Um, I do it, but it's pretty rare because customers usually they just want uh, the most common thing is that they have either this really old application or they have this new, it's a startup, for example, for example, and they have this new application that they just, it's not a compliance test, but they want to, you know, just check it, check out, you know, do we have something we need to be worried about? Usually GDPR is very common these days, that they're worried about GDPR, you know, customer data leaking out and so on. Um, so that is the most common one. And I try to always, I don't generally ask like can i please get the source code i say oh when we do these codes we we use the sort we, we do a code review at the same time and hope and most of the times the customer's like oh okay yeah fine here's the source code uh because if you ask they you know they you give them the option to say no we don't want to give you the source code yeah. um, so i always start my tests with a code review if i get the code you know in time if i don't i jump on there say it's an api or whatever and I just start shooting stuff at the website and see if it uh, dies horribly or if it's you know actually responds somehow you know, realistically. Yeah, sometimes systems die, right? That's always interesting. <laughs> so happened. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. No, carry on. You were going to say no, something. No, it happened uh, two, three weeks ago. I was doing a test and uh, it was just very wasn't even pushing the server very hard. It was just a very simple, uh, I don't remember, I was iterating some ID, you know, very basic standard stuff. Mm. And uh, and all of a sudden, I just see how the, well, actually it was my colleague saw how, oh, wait, the the server responds with, uh, was a 503 or was 501 internal server error? It's like, uh, I was like, okay, can, can you can you stop whatever you're doing? <laughs> and then it, it, it came back up when we stopped. So basically that very, very small test uh, used up the threads on the server and it just stopped responding. Nice. You exhausted it. So it died. Yeah. Nice. And that was actually, and at that point, that was actually a production environment. So yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Usually we don't test in production, but I mean, sometimes the customer... Uh, this game, they had a test environment, but they specifically wanted to test in production because uh, they knew that they had some, you know, um, not specific, you know, they have a vulnerability as well, but, you know, um, faults, hmm. flaws. Yeah. So two-part question. Like, have have you, um, have you uh, fucked up anything else? Is there anything you, have you done any major, like, where something actually went down hard? Uh, or like, what's your what's your biggest sort of? Have you have you done any mistakes? Uh, many probably. Uh, yeah. There's only one I can remember though. Uh, that was a very long time ago. Uh, but no, I haven't actually done any major fuck ups. It was a, I think it was a library system. It was not very. I mean, we're not gonna say not very because there are probably people who were devastated that it went down when yeah. it did, but. I just, I guess I was a bit cocky. I was, you know, into my routines. I had, you know, I just did a lot of things at the same time. Uh, I was young and dumb. <laughs> and uh, no, and I just fired up, I think it was like SQL map or something. And I just fired up at you know, that point and just kind of left it over lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I set it up to be super aggressive because like, you know, you know what's going to happen? It's not gonna, like it's going to go down. And it went down and it went down hard. 
it was a very fragile system, but I had never done any, any tests like this before. And it was production, and there was a very old uh, Windows server with a SQL database on it. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but it basically just plunged. It just died, and it didn't come back up after I came back, and people were like, ah... This server, there's a lot of websites depending on this uh, SQL server. We can't get it up. We get it up, it just keeps dying. <laughs> it's like, this can't Ouch. be my fault. I mean, I'm, I did an open SQL map, and it, it's a SQL server. Uh, maybe I should just check. So I stopped it, and then they restarted again, and it went up, up, and it stayed up. And we checked the logs uh, in the web application, and we realized that, oh, that was me. And no one outside of that IT department found out until now. But... <laughs> Well, this is time was, for guess, everything. Yeah, I guess that was my sort of, you know, biggest mess up that I can remember at least. Yeah, I, I always say that. I mean, everyone has at least one big fuck up in their career, <laughs> and I haven't had my, mine yet. So, I mean, it's with that logic, it will eventually come, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that's yours, so that you you sort of you've done your your big thing, and um, you won't have. I learned else. from that. I did, uh, and nowadays uh, when we test, we're very. We always make sure to ask the customer in the beginning, like, oh, do you have a test environment we can we can use? Are there any other people using this test environment right now? Because there was one, actually one time when, uh, I don't count that as a fuck up. That was more of a misunderstanding from between me and the, the customer. They have a test, they had a testing team that had a bunch of use cases and they were going through during the week and I got access to the test environment and I just, I just went hard because it's like, this is test environment. They said, oh, you can just do whatever you want, you know? I was like, okay, I'm gonna just bash the shit out of this this uh, this server. And uh, and all of a sudden I got a, I got a call from the customer saying, are you doing something right now? Like, yeah, I, of course I am. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to destroy your server here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they say, yeah, we're, we're, our testing team says they can't access the site. It just keeps not responding. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then basically we, what we did was that uh, the testing team had to reschedule. Yeah. Because uh, anything, it seemed like anything I did seemed to uh, disturb them in some way. You know, all of a sudden there's a... Uh, you know, an, a JavaScript alert popping up somewhere on the website, and they're like, and every time that happened, they they had to run run to the IT department. Oh, this thing is not working as we we expected, and and then I had to, you know, yeah, that's sorry, that's me again. <laughs> um, so th that sort of segues into into one of my like things that I like to discuss when it comes to to, to pen testing, and mm -hmm. that's like this before the pen test even starts. I mean, in in a scoping meeting where you. And scoping, I mean, maybe it's better if you explain what, like, what, what, what's scoping of a pen test? What do, what do you do when you scope a pen test? Do you want to take that? I mean, yeah, normally, uh, I mean, normally when we send the, uh, the offer to the customer, we already uh, have an offer for, uh, we already discussed sort of what we're doing. They have their, you know, um, requests sent to us. And basically they say like, okay, we have this application, these technologies and so on. And if there's anything to fill in, like uh, how many how many endpoints are there, you know, roughly. I don't normally care about how many endpoints there are in this specific uh, API, for example. Uh, I usually I can, I can usually always cover it within you know 40 hours, or if it's a very big application, maybe 80 hours. Uh, but yeah, so normally we ask that, and we ask uh, which URLs are within scope. Are there some of them? 
that are outside of the scope. You know, maybe there's a front end and there's say maybe two backends, or maybe there's one backend and one. Sometimes you know you have a, an endpoint that is only maybe a, an AVS bucket with images or something that's called you know data dot blah 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 dot com or something. Uh, and maybe you know there, sometimes there are things that are specifically no no this. This part is uh, technically a third-party software or something that we installed, and that domain is out of scope. Or you know, um, so that's what we do. And then we also make sure that if we want at least two test accounts, um, and you know, if they have, uh, I actually had this type of meeting today with a customer, and and I asked them because they they went they went through the flow. So I asked them to go through the the application. Usually they share the screen and they show me, so I can just you know see what what am I supposed to do. Uh, and they, um, in this case, they said, okay, and then the customer clicks here and they send in this, uh, this thing to us and then someone on our side will manage it or to pick it up and manage this uh, ticket or whatever. Uh, and then I, my reaction to that would be, okay, so you manage it somehow. Is, does that mean that there is an administrative interface and is that part of this application and is it within scope? Uh, you know, will I get source code? Um, uh, actually, have it. I think I have a list here. Actually, hold on. With I use yeah. So basically, it's you know source code. I ask for uh, you know is that within the scope? Uh, and we also ask what is the worst case scenario for the customer. And that's more like to you know that's more of a conversation starter because then they will if there are many people in a meeting they will start they actually did that they will actually start discuss with each other. Like, oh, well, what is our worst case scenario? Is it our customer information? Is it this part of the system? So, you know, and then I can, you know, I can learn more from them discussing with each other, basically. Uh, but mo most, I mean, the most common question for that is, oh, well, you know, it's is our users, our customer information. We don't want that to leak. Uh, in some scenarios, it's um, uh, we don't want you to be able to take over the system and jump into our internal network uh, because it's not isolated. Uh, so URLs, user account, if there are different pr privileges, uh, you know, it's usually within the scope to test with the different privileges, uh, you know, what technologies are, are being used and so on. And just to finish off the list, I also ask for the contact person and if my IP needs to be whitelisted. Check. Good. That's, that's an exhaustive list. It's a... Uh... It rings a bell even in my old pen testing days. <laughs> I, I think scope. I mean, if you scope a pen test badly, that's gonna that's gonna mess up the whole pen test. Um, and it can be quite hard. It, at least at least in my experience, if you have someone from the customer side, and it's the first pen test that they order, and like mm. they have no idea really what to expect, and they're like, "So will you be done with this on Monday, or like how long does it take?" And like, "No, no, it it takes a week or or, or two or something." Mm. And like then you know it's going to be uh, you have had to explain some 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 things to the customer. So m like my pet peeve when it comes to this is is the uh, like when you enter a scoping meeting and they're like, yeah, so you have uh, seventy two hours to to do this, and here's the eighteen systems and forty two servers. Mm. Uh, and like when you're done, like can we say that we did a pen test, right? Like that's we've done that. Then you, I sort of understand that okay, so this they won't even care about the result like they won't even look at it it's just for compliance reasons like they have a customer on their side somewhere who mm. sort of requires them to pen test the systems they don't give a shit about the results but they've done a pen test uh i hated those pen tests like you know it's not gonna end up in anything 
hopefully those are gone but have you have any any of those or are you lucky enough to have been spared we've had a lot of those and um it's a good place to ask have you also had those customers who come to you and you know you go through the whole startup meeting and you scope it and blah 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 and then they ask you for this document basically a stamp that says that says basically that what you're just saying that we've done a pen test is a certified excellence sort of thing golden stamp there's a lot of actually people who've asked if we can create a thing like that like a document that they can doesn't show if we found anything that's just oh they've done a pen test at this date nice stamp with a gold color or something and they can just you know just frame that and put it on the wall or show it to customers and stuff yep and, Green uh, mark. yeah uh, i never do that uh, I've, I've I've considered it, but then again, I always think about these uh, web shops. You go to a web shop, and you know that it's not 100% secure. But they always put this like uh, a bunch of these little stamps in the checkout, yeah. like uh, PayPal certified, Norton uh, Norton secured website, blah blah blah. Uh, this is this website is certified by McAfee or whatever. It's a lot of stuff like that. And many of these, and I've noticed that even if they once paid for this certificate or whatever, uh, they still just kind of steal the image that says Norton certified and then just paste it on a checkout. And yeah. then maybe they don't even actually pay for it anymore because the person who bought it in the beginning five years ago doesn't work there anymore and no one actually knows why it's there but they want it because you know in certain countries it's a big deal you know yeah i've i've, I've seen those and like two episodes ago i had danuton who's also a pen tester and he said the same thing like, like he's a cost <laughs> he's had customers who asked so do i get a, a green check mark like when when it's done and he's like well it depends on well we don't give out green check marks but i mean if it's good or not depends on the report like the results like not that you've actually done a pen test so yeah, there seems to be a lot of those. Uh, and we have some in the chat, we have a Mikael Takeo in chat. He says, yes, this is me. I only want to report and only needs to be, oh, it needs to be green only and done in eight hour max. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't believe you, Mikael. I know, I know he's better than that. <laughs> and yeah, the no, S but... SSL secured checkmark, the SSL secured uh, logo as well. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, that and, makes me feel uh... safe. Was it uh, military grade encryption oh. uh, text? Always, I love those. Uh, I found I was this. I don't remember what it was. It was some sort of uh, bank or payment service a while back that I was uh, checking out if one if I wanted to start using it. And at the bottom of the page, that didn't stop me from using it though. But I I stopped for a moment and thought, do I really want this in my life? Yeah. And it had this very long text that we use your. Um, <laughs> Your data is secured by military-grade encryption, and just a bunch of buzzwords and blah blah blah. AES encryption, uh, SSL, and uh, blah 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 blah. Is this a lot? And any customer who reads that was like, "Wow, this this is some Hollywood security shit going on right here." Yeah. Uh, and then it actually doesn't really mean anything in reality because they're probably uh, in in their backend and internal network it probably like you know random text files spread out with customer information and passwords and copy paste and just yeah. basically how do you expect any any company's network to look after 10 15 years 
it's okay. It's it's P64 encoded, so it's it's safe with us. You can trust us. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Yorin in chat that says secured with eight layers of XOR encryption. Yeah. So, <laughs> like the way I secure my stuff is I just use the the ROT13 and I do it twice just to be secure. So that's what I do. It's it's secure. Uh, sorry, bad joke. You, may, you know, you know, it's tragic when you get to like encryption sort of jokes. That's that's bad. Sorry. Uh, so like, when, when you when you see these websites online, like if you're about to shop on some website and you see that it has some 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 flaw or that you you just feel that it's it's crap, like do you just go to the next one or do you contact them or like can you like do you have the restraint not to just email them and say hey you you need to fix this? I used to be that person. Uh, to always email and complain because it felt like the right thing. I still do it, actually. Uh, just Nowadays, it's just like, oh, I, I don't really have, oh my god, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I actually do. Um, it doesn't stop me from, as long as they're using, you know, an external uh, payment service provider that I that I sort of trust, at least, <laughs> with my with my details, yeah. uh, I would usually shop there. Um, because I mean, let's face it, we've spread our our data around the internet for ages now. It's it's everywhere. Um, I'm thinking, as long as you, um, you know, as long as it's not like a very super obvious thing. There was actually one. Um, what was that? Uh, I was getting. Um, I had glasses a, while, a long time ago, and I was getting new glasses, and I got an offer from some, you know, insert random optician company here mm. uh, and, uh, uh, and I, was, I really got an email and I was like oh this this is actually pretty good and I just went into their website and I got they had you know some I got this you know an error message with a stack trace and I was like okay this is this is not what I expected uh, and then I refreshed and it worked again and then I realized that I don't remember where what it was but it was a pretty pretty serious uh, flaw, and I actually emailed them and I said, "I really want this deal that you email about, <laughs> but I won't <laughs> enter my details until you fix this problem." <laughs> uh, and they actually got back to me like a week later and said, "Like, okay, we've we talked to our you know IT department and they they said that they fixed it now. Can you test?" And I, and I you know, checked it and it worked. Uh, and okay, here's here's my money. Give me glasses. <laughs> uh, that has to have been a good deal. For you to wait for that long to to get that deal, uh, I think it was a pretty good deal. It was like I think you got like two glasses for some amount of uh, you know okay amount of money, and I think one of them was those kind of progressive kind of thing, uh, and then I went and pew pewed laser into my eyes, and I don't need glasses anymore. So that's pretty cool. That's 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 good. Uh, so Darudi from chat says <laughs> that he he emailed. Well, he says I emailed Nvidia about the wrong certificate on the browser on the web server, and they re- replied with just click ignore and it's gone. <laughs> Thanks. That's that's not oh, what no. you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually uh, I was at a it was one of many tiny museums in Lund. And we walked around, and they had they had a basement and a bunch of like Stone Age artifacts, and you know, really fascinating. I love stuff like that. And they had a really ancient computer standing there where you can search in this oh. archive uh, for all the items, and you can read about them. Like, oh, okay. And then I, you know, 
damage from my work, I enter a quote and pressed enter, and it just absolutely crashed and gave me a you know SQL error. And I was like, oh, oh, that's how it is. And I left it at that. And I remembered, okay, just check the URL. Okay, oh, this is the website, you know. And then I went to their. When I came to get back home, I went to their website and checked. Can I actually access this archive from their website? And uh, and I could. And uh, but they've there's I don't remember what it was. It was like an error. You couldn't. You, there was a link to it. They wrote about it and they linked to this archive. When you when you try to enter it, it gave you some sort of error. So I actually emailed them and said, okay, I found a flaw in this one, um, this archive. You, I can't access it from here. Is that intentional? Um, did, do you know about this flaw? And they're like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we sent this to our IT person, and uh, IT person will will check. And IT person says there's no problem, and I still couldn't access it. I was like, okay, am I supposed to be able to access this, you know, website since you you have a link on your website to this archive? And they said yes, we have sent your request to IT person, and IT person says it's fine. And then nothing more happened after that. And I, I just okay, <laughs> I, I don't have energy for this, <laughs> so I just stopped. And then eventually, I think they stopped. Just the whole, the, the whole like um, reception person that I uh, emailed, uh, she stopped answering my emails after that. So I was like, okay, fine, have it your way. <laughs> have a vulnerable Stone Age archive, fine. <laughs> yeah, what what do I care? <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm sort of the same. Like I have to, because I'm more of the blue team. So, like when I do some research or I just I just look up stuff, uh, and I just sometimes I find bad bad things. And uh, just uh, a couple of weeks or months ago, I think, I found that there's this big um, car rental service, uh, not in Sweden, but like it's it's huge. Uh, and they've actually been compromised and are serving malware from the website. Oh. And I'm contacting them, and there's there's no reply. I'm being just ghosted. Um, so basically, like a semi-full report of, of my findings, and just no no reply. Still doing it. That's. Uh, that's and you still that. haven't. They they still haven't resolved it, or? Nope. Not a single reply. Uh, still up there. Still still serving malware. So. Yeah, I'm not in the name and shame game, but I mean that's that's bad. It's a it's a feature. They're ser- they're you know they're serving cars and malware. Exactly. Know, it's, it's a thing. I mean that's it. We're a we're a command and control center for cars and malware. So that's, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rent a self driving car for them. I think. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> it's for free. Nope. I'm good. Thanks. I don't want to die today. <laughs> So, like, do you speaking about internet stuff and coding? Do you um, do you no? Let's let's pick a question from chat, from from Rasen. So, how do you how do you keep up with everything new that's going on? Like, do you check Twitter or blogs or podcasts or something else? And like, how do you stay up to date? I mean, the honest answer is I don't. Uh, but sort of, just I'm I'm I sometimes you know I'm late in the game. Uh, Basically, I mean, uh, chat with with people normally. I mean, I have Twitter. I just I don't have time to use it because I'm so uh, busy with my own stuff. Uh, so I'm actually pretty bad at keeping up to speed. Like maybe I, if there's this huge vulnerability, I'll usually either hear it from a colleague who is like, oh, check check this out. This is really cool. 
they're usually the ones who uh, I have one colleague who is really he's reading a lot of blogs and he's on Twitter and he's everywhere and he's always really quick um, at giving me all the updates. <laughs> uh, but uh, generally, I'd say I used to use Twitter a lot. Um, that's I would say that that's why I'm normally my main source of information. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, ch- chats, chat uh, groups, and and Twitter. And then uh, if if not, then I don't keep updated uh, because I I like to just sort of. You know, like I said before, I just like to pick some sort of open source software on a, on a Friday evening and then I just dig into it and I'll sit all weekend and I'll just write my own little reports and send, I don't know, just, some people watch TV series all, all Friday, I I read code. <laughs> and some people are, are here watching and listening to us. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's Friday. Ooh. Yeah. It's awesome. So, so do you, like when you do that, those kind of reports for open source stuff, is it... Is it a bug bounty, or is it like an, an is it a just uh, that they have some form of disclosure, like on their site, or how, uh, how do you them? Uh, usually, I mean, it's just um, either it's because I've come across them. Many of them, it's just I've, that I've come across. Say, I'll I'll do a in an internal um, uh, network assessment of some customer, and you know when you go through all of their you know, you use you map them, and then you eyewitness all of their uh, web apps, and you just you know, click through like 150 screenshots of front pages. Uh, and you know, once in a while, it's not that often, but sometimes you just see some sort of weird app you've never seen before. It's like oh, just some random image hosting in on their internal network or something. And uh, I'll you know, I'll Google it, and oh, it's random small PHP project. Huh? I'll write this down. Um, maybe it'll come in use later, mm-hmm. uh, which usually I, I would like to say, oh, well, I'll jump on it the next chance I get. But it usually takes like half a year and I'll just find the note in a pile. It's like, oh, yeah, it was nothing. And I'll download it and I'll check. Oh, shit, there's a lot of problems here. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to dig into this. That's the one of the normal ways, actually, that I just I just come across it. I'll write it down. I forget about it. I remember it. And oh, OK, this is cool. But then if I actively want to find something, I actually... And this is this is gonna sound sound silly, I guess, because this is. I mean, I like PHP, but it's also I like PHP and I like PHP because <laughs> I like it because I like to just fun to write PHP code, and I like it because if you just download, find some obscure PHP project somewhere, you're gonna find a lot of problems in there. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with PHP; it's just it's easy to do the wrong thing, which I like. I appreciate that because it means I have a lot of bugs to find, uh, and that's actually Google. Uh, I don't know, uh, school grading CMS PHP something or, or whatever. Uh, I'll just find something. If you, if you Google that, you'll probably find something super <laughs> obscure and small made by someone and no one uses it. Uh, but I mean, just find something. I mean, eventually, you'll come across something that is, uh, you know, at least has a few users. And for me, that's enough. You know, it's someone put a lot of energy into this project they're probably proud of it um, i'm going to tear it to pieces and i'm going to present a beautiful report to this person and hopefully they will like it there was one person who got super pissed at me it was last year actually <laughs> he actually i mean if it if there's such a thing as yelling in an email i guess it's caps that's what he did because uh he claimed that i was 
uh, an idiot, that I wasted his time, that people like me are just are... I think you said something that people like me are what destroys the internet. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, or uh, it's the opposite, that you're sort of building it, rebuilding it and just making it better, right? That's the way I see it. Yeah. Let's see it like that. Yes, so do you do you contribute to any open source projects or, or do you just do like um, to find vulnerable stuff? Not actively. Um, the, I mean, sure, I've probably done it at some point way back, but I mean, um, uh, not actively, never, never actively. And if I do, it's most nine out of 10 times, it is because I want to find something to play with and destroy, you know. Mm. Uh, sometimes I don't destroy it. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is actually very well written, and maybe I just have some small detail that I want to point out, and then, you know, I'll throw them an email, and they'll say, oh, cool, thanks. We'll we'll fix that. Uh, one point I did, I have one open uh, review, a review that I'm that I've done that I'm still waiting for the you know open the what's it called uh, responsible disclosure date to pass. And I have a lot of communication with that company, but they don't seem to so far. Maybe they're doing something. Of course, I don't know that. But so far, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything. They just keep emailing me saying like, oh, we're, we want, we were going to have a meeting with you. Don't worry. Uh, and the date is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. Uh, and they asked me if I'm open to writing the solutions for them and you know contributing in that way. And I mean, actually, I would I would probably be fine with that normally. I mean, it's fun to just fix problems as well, not only finding them. Mm. Uh, but right now, you know, life, work, and so on. So I just told them, now I'm I'm sorry, I probably won't. And so far, they haven't fixed it themselves. So we'll see. And it's about to ex- expire, right? The, the the time for for it. I, I'm I'm trying to. You know, I'm send them email. I send them emails like uh, every other week right now to because telling them try. I'm trying not to. You know, it's like when you do stuff like this. Is also you have to be careful with because sometimes people get mad. I mean, you're digging into their stuff. Mm. This is code that they probably put maybe years developing, and if you, it might come out as you are being this really well nasty person to them. You know, you're destroying their work. You're it's their baby, creating, right? Yes, the baby. You're creating extra work for them. You're threatening to expose mm. their flaws on the internet, uh, and that can come across as you know hostile to them, maybe. Yeah. So I'm I'm really trying to find any other excuse to contact them except have you fixed it? Uh, more like uh, like the CVE uh, IDs. I got uh, uh, I got those allocated like two weeks ago. And I was oh, oh now I have a, a reason to to contact them and ask them. It's like okay, oh, I, and I listed all the CVs and give them a nice little table, uh, and um, and I was like oh by the way, uh, should we should we set up a meeting? Uh, I mean, or would you just just want to talk via email? Whichever is fine with me, you decide, uh, and maybe we can discuss uh, solutions or if you've already solved it, uh, you know, just really make uh, make it clear that the power is in their hands for a limited period of time but you know you don't have to point that out of course <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> um you got some activity in chat they're um they're really active tonight i like okay. that so they're asking uh let's see let's scroll up a bit uh silica asks 
So what are your thoughts on bug bounties and the bug bounty scene? I have a hunch she might be quite good at it. I I love bug, bug bounties. I'm really bad at it myself, mostly because uh, I I don't take well to failure. <laughs> no, it's like failure as in not finding anything or it's a duplicate report, which I used to try bug bounties a lot before. And I found something and I thought, oh, it's a duplicate report. Or, oh, I found something uh, that this com- specific company doesn't care about this sort of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I just spend a lot of time not finding anything and, and I get stressed which is really dumb, I know, but I get stressed. I was like, oh, I'm not finding anything and I'm not succeeding. Uh, and I kind of need to feed myself with small wins all the time to be able to continue. Uh, sort of, it's an it's an ADHD thing. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, uh, and it's like if I fail too many times, I get depressed and I just dig myself down into a hole. And it's like, nah, I, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, I wish I could do bug bounties more. I did uh this uh, was it in october i think it was no something yeah it was october uh and i recently i think we talked about that before uh mm-hmm. before the stream uh we discussed that uh, i found this um uh some csrf that i could use to delete someone's account from a website um uh, and uh and I and I got a bug. I turned it in in reports, and it took a very long time for them to believe me because they they couldn't reproduce it. <laughs> and I sent them all my logs. I sent uh, a POC, a Python script, and they said, "Oh, this doesn't work for us." I was like, "Oh, why doesn't it work for them? It works so well." For me, I tried you know I tried a, a virtual machine, and it's like, still works for me. It's like, why doesn't it work for them? <laughs> and I just eventually I just set up uh, Firefox, half screen Firefox, half screen Burp, and then I just recorded it. <laughs> every single step as I did it from scratch. And then they actually, from that, they managed to recreate it. And I was like, okay, we believe you, this is, this sucks. <laughs> uh, and I got a bug bounty from that. I was really proud of myself. Um, but, but yeah, bug bounties are, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really a, a growing scene as well. Yeah. Well, a scene by itself, it's, it's, it's getting much, much bigger. Mm. So, like speaking of failure and getting like overworked and stuff, it fits in quite well with another question from chat from Mikael Takeo. He said, uh, "So, how do you both disconnect from all this, or is it twenty four seven, three three sixty five?" I am in the. I'm. It's a constant battle to to disconnect. Uh, we have certain days in the week here at home where we uh, say that okay, at, at five o'clock we. We just stop whatever we're doing and we cook dinner and we sit in front of the TV and we just watch some TV series on Netflix or something. And, you know, no phones, no no computers and so on. Uh, and and that, that sort of works. Um, but uh, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a constant battle. It doesn't always work more often than not. Uh, it's, a, it's a failure <laughs> because I... I find some uh, some application, and you know, it's like if if it it's if it's one of those days, and it's five o'clock, and it's sixteen fifty eight, <laughs> and I'm sitting with some sort of I'm sitting with deep inside the source code, and I found, you know, you, you don't specifically find something that oh that's a vulnerability, oh that's a really critical critical flaw, but you're like you're seeing that, oh here's 
oh, I can actually, you know, I can inject something here. Oh, where does where does this information go? You know, and then you you find you have a hunch that okay, this is probably something really nice. Uh, but you you know, my partner is just staring at me like you know it's you know it's time mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna cook and we're gonna relax. And it's like but but I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. So do you actually post then? Uh, if my partner says so, yes. If partner forgets, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good I, solution. Uh, I continue it for as long as I can, uh, and then I have to. I usually get so pumped up and hyped, so I have to uh, go for a run. You know, I just take my football. I have a football to uh, activate myself, and I just run out to the grass fields outside where we live. And just kick the football for like an hour and I just run back and forth, back and forth, just to just tire myself out. <laughs> yeah. And then it's easier to disconnect, but it's really hard sometimes. It's um it's mostly twenty four seven just go, you know. One hundred yeah. miles per hour. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of the same. Like my mind is going like crazy constantly. Like mm. I have a hundred different threads going on all the time. And like they're they're simultaneously doing stuff and thinking stuff and it's exhausting in the long run. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm 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 pr- probably the worst person to ask for advice about disconnecting and, and winding down. But I have I have hit the wall twice in my life. Uh, it is an absolutely disgusting experience because you feel so bad about yourself. Uh, so if you're the type of person that maybe you're if, especially if you're early in in your career and you feel like you're just working, 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 I can't disconnect. It's it's time to you know uh, to, to to take care of that before you hit the wall because uh, hitting the wall it was not, uh, especially the second time, was not a, a fun experience. I can imagine, and I think that's I think that's an issue in in our industry that we're sort of expected to just not stop working at five o'clock and we're expected to go home and watch talks on YouTube and watch DEF CON mm. talks and uh, mess with our lab environments and do everything. Yeah. Uh, because it is a hobby as well. It's not just work. Uh, but still, it's it, it's a lot. So my my way of disconnecting is to actually play, play some, some games. And I have a bunch of people that I play Rainbow Six Siege with, which takes... Uh. Yeah, and that takes up all my attention because I really have to focus because I'm shit mm. at it. So <laughs> I, I really have to focus and I can't really think about anything else. I just I have, have a, to be in that. I have a friend that also plays that game. Uh, he's tried to get me into it sometimes. I uh, I don't know. I just don't play uh, those competitive games, especially where you play online with other people. Yeah. I'm so bad at them, so it's like, it's like, oh no, 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 I died again. Oh no. Uh, yeah. no I use, I like play um, uh, single player, you know, what's it called shooters, FPS, uh, fear. I like fear, that old thing. I actually mm, started replaying stuff the, or scary yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, not specifically only scary stuff. I'm actually really bad at horror games. I just <laughs> scream and then I hide under the table, and which I actually did once, but that was actually because I was using a VR headset. And it was something that jumped in front of me and I just screamed and I just sat down on the floor and I was like, no, 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 fuck this. <laughs> Never again. Uh, there was one time I tried streaming and then I didn't do it again after that. Mm. Um, no, but uh, single player FPS games like like Fear, like a mix of shooting and like Doom as well is pretty, pretty nice. Mm. It's like I need a lot of stuff to happen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go fast. I need to be the hero. I need to win. I need to be the best. 
<laughs> you need those senses uh, uh, on edge like all the time. Yeah, and it's actually, I don't usually, I never, okay, this happens, but very, very seldom that I play on, on hard mode or anything like that. I more often play on easy mode. Uh, I don't use cheats or anything like that, but I play on easy mode, and then I just sort of want a game where I can just choose stuff, and and there's like a cool story uh, of some sort. And then I just, just walk through the game and try to focus on the game and not think about uh, that beautiful piece of code on this other screen I have here <laughs> <laughs> I could dig into but I don't because I need to relax exactly it's it's a good way to disconnect uh, <laughs> so from chat Rasen says that you should play Alien Isolation oh yeah I actually looked at that on Steam uh, like I, when I was looking at what what should I play now um, and that's when I picked the first Fear game and started replaying it uh, I actually looked at Fear Isolation and but I watched a streamer play it once, and he actually he broke down at the end of the game, and I felt so sorry for him. And I was like, "Oh my god, do I really have the nerves to play in this game?" But yes, that is definitely on my list. I do I do want to check that one out sometime. I actually, I mean, I, I'm I'm well into gaming, but I actually haven't seen anything about Alien Isolation. I should have a look. Um, so I, I I had a VR headset before, and I played Resident Evil on on PS4. Uh, I couldn't finish the game, like I, I don't like I don't like scary movies and stuff. I get too too scared, and then that game was just not for me. That was way too uh, too scary for me, so I just stopped I, playing uh, it. I am I don't know why I torture myself. I love scary movies. Scary movies, fine. Uh, not slaughter and I don't like gory stuff, but I like you know classics. You know, haunted house. Uh, but um, you know what's it called? Um, Paranormal Activities. That, yeah. Those movies. There's a game for that as well. Uh, I play that with VR headset. And my goal was, okay, I have a friend who said, okay, I want you to stream this and I want to watch you play this and just get scared shitless. <laughs> it's like, you're on. We'll do it. And I said, my initial goal was, okay, one hour every night or every Saturday or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, and we're going to stream this and I'm going to, you know, he's going to watch me get scared. And I think it took like one session. I don't even think I finished a whole hour. After that, I was like, okay, okay, due to reasons, I need to cap this at 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> because if not, I'm just going to sit on the floor and scream. <laughs> because it was so very, it's so real, you know. The graphics in that game is terrific. Um, and, you know, you have the VR headset and you're really into it. And you just look around a corner and there's this crazy lady standing, you know, just... Uh, slamming a door and trying to get in and then you make a noise because the game makes sure you make a noise mm. and she turns around and she says runs towards you and I'm like fuck no <laughs> I can't do that that's oh that was so scary and it is just Oof. you know it's like uh, sure you have all this freedom in VR but it's still kind of clunky it's not like you can just run you'll trip over the cable I'll run into a cabinet or something I'll trip over the sofa yeah. uh, you have to use those little controllers and you just fight okay so I'll turn around here, and this one is forward, and just you just walk, and you can hear her do 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 behind you, and then you have to really try to you know grab the handle of the door. Is this you? You're really not an intelligent person when you're really stressed in a VR game because it's just like get down, and then you pull it to, you pull the door towards to close, <laughs> and the first time she got me and I died, 
and I had to take like a break. I was like, okay, hmm, yeah, this is a good time to you know go to the toilet, maybe get a glass to drink, <laughs> yeah. any excuse not to have the VR headset on. Haven't played VR heads VR for quite a while now, <laughs> because of those reasons. Because I I always get uh, baited into trying a horror game, and then I just sit on the floor crying like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm I'm the same. I hate those. It's it's way too <laughs> too creepy for me. Alright, so 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 what's what's the most what's scarier, um, the movie, the ring, or the grudge, or uh, a web shop without uh, HTTPS <laughs> um, that you have to use? Have to oh, um, actually, what was that? I actually did use a clear text. Mm-hmm. Um, what was where was that? It was yesterday, and I remember I used I used the site because I had to use it for I don't remember what it was now actually, uh, but as I, I it was it was annoying me during the whole time. Okay, don't enter anything sensitive on this website. Don't enter anything sensitive on this website. Don't do it. Uh, no, but I think actually I like the Grudge more, in the sense that it was actually a bit scarier for me. I think you know the uh, ah yeah. sound. My favorite, I think I don't think it was I think it was a second movie uh, with the staircase. If you've seen that, um, she's in this apartment complex and she looks outside of her door and you know this like stair, uh, big staircase that goes around like this and there's this hole in the middle that goes from the top of the building all the way down. I don't know what it was called, like a chimney thing. Mm. Um, and she just kind of you know pe- peeks out and looks up. And she can hear the echoing of the ah, uh, and you see the lights just sort of do 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 just turn off. I love that scene. Mm, mm, yeah, no, uh, I don't. So, uh, <laughs> nope. Uh, I've uh, you know I've I've seen some, but I hate it. It's uh, yeah, I can't sleep. I have to when I watch this really scary movie. I have to watch something like a comedy after that. Otherwise, it's like, yep, there's no sleep for me tonight. Yeah, I, I watch uh, just random, dumb YouTube videos. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and if I don't, I if I wake up during the night, I always have to, like, pep myself, okay? Just convince me, like, come on, you're, you're, you're not scared. You're, there's nothing outside of the, the bedroom. There's nothing under the bed. Just turn on the light and go to the bathroom like a grown woman. God damn it. <laughs> 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 and that happens more often than, than I would care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I I happily admit it that um yeah I'm too scared for this stuff. I would I like happy happy movies like uh, Airplane with Leslie Nielsen from the eighties. That's my kind of movies. Bad jokes, um, just stupid actually, stuff. I had a an alien marathon. Speaking of alien isolation, I, I actually had an alien marathon like mm. two three weeks ago. I watched the first one and then you know all the way up, um, and then. Uh, because I'm doing the marathon, I also watched Alien vs. Predator. Uh, and I didn't watch the Predator movies, and I haven't watched the prequels yet because I think they're mm, so so. <laughs> so, there, I know they released a, a role playing game for Alien. That's my oh, interesting really? to, to check out. Yeah. Alien, the role playing game. It's supposed to be really scary, actually, if you have a good like mm-hmm. uh, game master or, or like DM. So that might be something for the for the role playing uh, geeks in chat, if there's any, or it's just me. Um, so I I wanted to uh, to sort of jump into another segment uh, mm-hmm. of the of the show that I've stolen completely from another show. It's called Overrated Underrated. Oh, yeah. um, it's been it's actually been been really fun. It's uh, the idea is that 
I throw out stuff at you, just single words or, or a concept something, and then you decide if it's un- overrated or underrated to you. Uh, hmm. Not in, to the industry or something, just your idea. And if you want to expand on it too, if you don't want to, just just overrated, just something. Hmm. All right? So I have a, a, it's just a few few things. So first of all, I mean, we've already touched on it, but I'll still ask it like a, a, a start. So bug bounties, are those underrated or overrated to you? To me, um, like what, what's your what's your take on it? I would say neither, but I mean, properly rated I, I get, is also a thing. Just 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 for the no, but just for the the sake of the importance of it, I'll say they're underrated mm. in the sense that they should be more important, I guess. To more companies should do it. Uh, it should be. Uh, more people should know about it. It should be a thing, you know. Uh, I mean, there's many times where I found. Every, I mean, every time almost when that I find, you know, when I do my weekend random open source. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be open source, but usually I do open source because I want to source code. Mm. Uh, and I do a review. I actually do check if they have a bug bounty program, and very most mostly they don't, um, uh, which is, you know, a bit sad. Because I mean that means maybe there could be so many more people looking at at this application and you know making sure that it's reviewed properly. Yeah, I suppose it's hard to to sort of get bug bounties or paid bug bounties in open source mm. products because you have to some have some sponsor or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then maybe you can get recognition at least uh, on some Hall of Fame page, which is quite useful in maybe open source mm. products. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> I, the, the, the the cup <laughs> that I got. You know, I, I got the the mm. cup from. There was also an open open source project, a very big open source project. Actually, I got a cup and and I got um, <laughs> they they printed out the page that said thank you for keeping our product safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was nice. That was a recognition. I mean, I, I wrote a. It's also. I mean, when I do this, I almost always write some sort of article, uh, just you know, detailing what I did and what I found, just because it's fun, but also because you know it's building my repository of some sort of exposure also you know mm. so that it's, it's also a, a bit of a resume thing that I, I like to include it in my resume because you know uh, if i send my resume to a, a customer sometimes customers want the resume from, from me as a consultant and they uh and you know, they can read my articles and you know that's that's good so absolutely um next topic so Working from home, is that overrated or underrated? Underrated. I mean, now we're seeing all the big companies. Was it? I think it's like Spotify, Microsoft, and all those has gone out and said that they're going to continue doing this even after the pandemic, that people can you know choose to work from home. So, that still is probably underrated then because uh, more people uh, should, more companies should be allowing it. I mean, I started working from home before the pandemic, before we, we knew about COVID, uh, because I decided that uh, uh, I'm I'm too easily distracted. I, If things happen, like behind, if I was working in a team before, uh, my um, a, f- a few jobs ago, a few employers ago, and, uh, and uh, every time, you know, someone was walking behind me or sometime, you know, they would come with a cup of coffee and stand next to me, look what I was doing. And I just couldn't focus. It was just whatever I was doing was dead at the time that mm. something distracted me. 
So when I switched jobs, I actually had a requirement that if if I'm going to work for you, I'm going to work from home 100% because I need to sit in quiet, peace and quiet and work without anyone disturbing me. And then, haha, I have two cats that scream in my face when I work from home, but at least I can close the door. Um, well, at, at least you can feed your cats. It's harder with a colleague. Just stuff food into like the colleague's face. That might be rude. Like, we did have a, we did have a convenient machine. I could just you know <laughs> buy a lunch and just stuff it in there. Like go go away and microwave it or something. Yeah, Shoot. that I mean it, that would work with me. Just stuff food in my face and I'll be I'll, I'll shut <laughs> up. So just I'll, I'll leave you alone for any of my colleagues. It's uh, a good strategy. I have to remember this for whenever <laughs> yeah. I work in office again in the future. Yeah, uh, we got a, a comment from the last uh, from regarding Bagbantes and your uh, the articles you write. Like, do you post mm-hmm. them somewhere publicly for everyone to to see or uh, where in that case? Yeah, I do actually. Um, what's it called? Medium.com. I haven't been there now for a while. Uh, Medium.com. Um, I have an account there that I post. Uh, uh, just for fun, uh, and then I link them in my. I use that. I use the, I post them there, and then I link them in my resume. So it's mostly like when I. I don't actually. Sp- I don't spread them. Uh, no, actually, it's on my LinkedIn page as well. I do put them on my LinkedIn profile. So they're there. They're on, on there somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, but I did. I was on Medium uh, a month ago when I wrote this other article, the one that I'm waiting for now to be able to pub- publish. Um, and uh, so it's like with three to four months apart, I go in there, I write an article, then I have to wait three months again, and then I, <laughs> I publish. So it's quite a long time between. But yes, Medium is my place for now. I used to have a WordPress blog, and then I forgot to update it, and I was like, oh, this is this is bad. Don't up, not updating your WordPress blogs. Yeah. Uh, so I removed it. I just made a backup of all my stuff, and I just removed it. <laughs> so maybe when when we put this on YouTube, we can, if it's okay with you, we, we can link your uh, Medium page in the details in the in the, in the show details. Sure, that'd also. be cool. Yeah. So you can find it there afterwards, Silica. Mm. Uh, Takeo from chat says, "I will order Uber Eats for you right now." I suppose that's for me. And yeah, if you order Uber Eats here, I'll just I'll end the stream and eat the food, hundred <laughs> percent. That's a promise. <laughs> um, all right, overrated, underrated. Uh, silence. And silence as in being quiet, not the product silence. Just silence. Hmm. I, uh, I, would, I would want to say underrated, but I mean, I'm a person who talks a lot. <laughs> I'm not actually silent myself most of the time. Uh, when, I get, when I start talking, I just don't stop. Um, but generally, I would say it's underrated because when i worked in an office there was always sound around me people were talking discussing problems in the in the same room and at one point we had to set up rules uh where if you're not talking about something very important about the project that we're working on uh or you know just ask a question then you know you should be quiet or leave the room and talk yeah, and that was actually very. I really appreciated that rule because it made it so much easier to focus uh, on work. Uh, but then, in the end, even small stuff like you know someone, someone sitting next to you moving, moving a thing, and that makes a very small sound. For some reason that also you know uh, disturbed me. Even and even when I had headphones on, it would be like uh, you know the, the movement you see it in your what's called peripheral. Yeah. 
uh, that something is moving and it's like, oh, why, why am I? No, don't, don't look at that person. They're not important right now. The, this problem, this function is important right now. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm the same as you. But for me, it's more if something like blinks in my peripheral sight, like I can't ignore it. It drives me insane. Like nothing can sort of blink or just change. It has to be like static. I, I, I've had that issue since before we started the stream because there's a desktop computer standing over there, and it's in hibernate mode, and uh, the button on the on the case is like ding. Ding, oh. ding. And I keep thinking it's the cat passing by <laughs> the door. I was like, huh? And I was like, no, it's just still flashing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So next topic for this un- overrated, underrated. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more of a it's more of a thing than, than a word. So counting su- well, well, measuring success by the number of CVEs to your name. Is that overrated or underrated? Oh, it's so hard. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, the CV could be. I mean, if you if you counting the score, then sure that would be. I mean, I guess you could do that. It's like that's if you have a lot of, you know, tens. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's of course a big a, probably a big thing. Oh, it doesn't have to be. I mean, it could be a very serious bug that's super easy to use that will also of course increase the scoring. So yeah, no, sorry, that's that would be wrong. Um, can I say it's not any? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I I can actually decide. I mean, if people want to uh, want to do that, I, I I'm totally cool with it, and I think it's it's really cool to read about people's you know CVs. <laughs> If they found some really interesting bug that I like to read about it, uh, but at the same time, I'm not sure if focusing on only that it's more like for me it's more more, more of a, a a byproduct almost. No, it's like a thing you. If I found something, I always I do a CV because you know it's a standard and you know it's you can go to different archives and you can find them all about a certain product. It's more about you know organizing hmm. for me. Um, so. It's a small piece of the puzzle when it comes to measuring success. Uh, so, like I, it's like when I write my articles, I don't specifically do it to measure success. I do it mostly because it's fun and because I want to, you know, somehow to, you know, be able to engage in conversation with other people about what I found and what I write. Uh, but I don't specifically. I mean, most of the articles I write, I don't. I, when I when I Say after a week after I've published it, that's when I did maybe discuss with friends and colleagues about the thing, and then we drop it, and then we usually don't revisit that anymore. And I don't just really count that into my success, I guess. I don't know. It's really that was a really difficult one to. Sorry, it, it it is hard. I know. So like my my take on that is is two faced. <laughs> to be honest, I like I'd say it's overrated to to measure success by like how many CVs you have. But if I had a lot of CVs to my name, I'd put it out there. So, two-faced answer, like, but the honest answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's. Uh, I guess it's. It depends also on who reads it, who sees. I mean, if you, if you show this, if you put like me, for example, if you put this in your resume, and uh, if or you send this to a customer, they will see like maybe a very a non-tech savvy person will read it and like, oh wow, that's that's a lot of stuff right there. Mm. Uh, their 
tech lead will read it and oh okay there's actually some proof of, of work here that that's good you know we mm -hmm. like this person um so and maybe like if, if i read if i read read your resume and i see that you have a lot of cvs i'll actually probably be like, wow that, that's pretty cool um but say say all of them are like super 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 simple yeah really like low low effort type of cvs i would be like i mean like four four point two average or something or, or yeah, yeah. You, you did you did report them you did uh, allocate the CVs I mean there's still effort into it but somehow if there's only really low effort ones I would be like you know this person know what they're doing but I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna say that you're the you're the the person for 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 this job just because of that I'll probably want to you know talk to you more yeah. Um, I think Mikael Takeo in chat has the same, uh, like the same idea that you have. He says that only a few people would understand that, though, and it's basically what you said as well. Like, not everyone would understand that. Mm. Like, if it goes through HR, like that would mean nothing to to an HR person. So, yeah. Sorry, hard, tough question, but yeah, it's uh, it's, I mean, it, it made for an interesting discussion. So yeah, I think because it's it's. I mean, all of these are things that I like to think about. So it's mm. just stuff that I think about that I like to hear others' opinions of because, you know, I'm, I want to hear what, like, what you think. So, next topic, or actually the last topic of this overrated or underrated, uh, and that's certifications. Are certs overrated or underrated? Uh, another hard one. <laughs> uh, yep. I like certifications um, simply because, you know, it's, a, it's someone else who is potentially respected in the industry uh, you know, certifies that I am, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, and for me, that's, that's a, that's a good for a opener, like a conversation starter with a customer. I, I've, I've had customers who require certain certifications, uh, some certification of which I do not have. Uh, and therefore they, sometimes they didn't want me to, to do their work because they wanted some specifically who had that certification which you know that's that's there up to them but often you know i would prefer to you know talk and and you know by action and discussion show what i'm good at uh i'm the type of person who gets really stressed when i have to do like a test and therefore i have zero certifications uh i've done a lot of courses uh and you know like plowed through a ton of course material and, and labs and everything and even made some myself uh, but I've never actually taken a certificate because I get so stressed when I have to do a test um, I get I kind of I'm the type of person that blanks you know hmm. so yeah it's like you said it's a two-faced thing there as well it's like uh, I don't want to rely too much on it uh, because it's also like there's also the problem, you know, with cert some certifications which say uh, requires you to, you know, re read a book or, you know, like a PDF and then uh, do a lab and write a report. Uh, there is probably, I don't, I don't know, this is, don't take my word for this because I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, there are maybe probably people who, you know, do these certificates for other people for money. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it's like when I when I think about, oh, I want this cert certificate because it would be really cool and will look good on my my resume and so on and so on. Uh, I think like, oh, well, will people care about this? I'm not sure. Will do people usually care about this kind of stuff? Um, 
So I'm going to put myself in the middle there again. Yeah. Because I think it's really cool if you can do, if you're the type of person that can do certificates and you have certificates and everything, I think that's super cool. Uh, and I admire those people who, who can sit through a test because I can't. Uh, I'm just going to continue to uh, only do the, the test, the, the, the lab material and learn and not have the certificates for now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I can dream. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> like we should. And it's because um, you mentioned that, you know, s some people like uh, write or do exams for others for payment. And mm. that was the issue with the OS OSCP exam or, or CERT. Uh, so they they had that issue. Yeah, maybe that's what you were thinking about, uh, but didn't want to name. That is them. why I that's why I didn't. Take, I I did um, I did all the I did a lot of the labs, uh, you know, and plowed through the all the documentation, all the video material, and did put a lot of effort and time into that course. But I never did the the certificate because uh, it's too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you got. 24 hours to hack a certain amount of boxes and like you have yeah. to do it in this time frame and then write the report. But yeah, so Dave actually, because you, when you did that, 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 that exam, uh, like there was no proof that you actually did it. So there were other people who sold that, you know, I'll do it for you if you pay me this amount of money. So nowadays they've changed the exam, this exam thingy. So you have to do it. I don't remember the English word for it, but you have to have your webcam on and like actually someone has to watch you on stream while you do it. And you have to be alone in that room and stuff. Um, so yeah, they ask you to take your webcam and show them around the room. Uh, you have to uh, always show your screen. They record you. They have uh, a, you have to install some plugin and everything. Uh, it's uh, and if you want to go to the toilet, <laughs> you have to tell them I want to go <laughs> to the toilet. Yeah, I want to leave the computer for a minute. Okay, and, and they're like, okay, we'll pause for a few minutes and then I'll come back and I say okay I'm back and then they'll they'll say okay we'll continue yeah and it's a 24 uh, hour exam yeah and I was like no I I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't that was too much um, so even though there are the 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 it's very unfortunate that you we have those problems that people are you know uh, paying others to do this for them because that means that people like me <laughs> who just wants to uh, to sit by myself and you know write a report do do the, the a lab or something write a, a report by myself and then send it in and get my cert certification uh cannot do it at least not that one there are others that i actually have been looking at to do instead just to get that little sense of you know uh success <laughs> yeah accomplishment <laughs> to, or something accomplishment just to take a certificate even if uh, others in the industry will say like oh well you know this is uh, not the same credibility as this other one because they don't have the same level of monitoring while you do it. But, you know. Yeah, like I, did like it, I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. So, yeah, screw you. Yeah, and that is also <laughs> why I am not so sad about not taking certificates because I do it to learn. And mm. I know I learned a lot from the OSCP uh, yeah. course. I, I plowed through that documentation so many times. I, I learned as much as I could. to just absorbed the information. And it was... A really good course actually i that was one of the best ones i've done i think yeah, yeah uh yeah. and uh anyway I'm, I'm i'm very satisfied with it so so i'm not very sad that i didn't do the the certificate yeah yeah i am with you on that so that sort of concludes the the overrated underrated uh 
segment and we got some from uh, yay we're done <laughs> with that segment but so we got some activity in chat Mika Takeo says so you need to map he says you need to map real certifications to work experience experience uh, and also not count the core certifications especially the e-learning ones so yeah I mean real work is always like better than a yeah. certification although like a, a cert of course shows some 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 baseline or some like minimum level of of understanding at least so it's not a bad thing i mean no no, it... no it's absolutely not a bad thing i mean it's it's someone else who in this case you know offensive security who is you know pretty pretty big you know everyone a lot of you know, usually people in our industry at least knows about them yep. uh, and it's a you know it's a proof that that you know at least somewhat what you're talking about so yeah there's a, a maybe some of you have heard it but like if you during this this uh, this course if you need help like if you cuz you you're supposed to do a lab stuff uh, and then you get ac access to to a lab environment and you can just hack a bunch of servers uh, um and you you sort of uh, write a write up for for every single box that you, that you that you hack and if you need help with anything like if you need help with like oh i can't uh, get root on this box and then you email them their only reply would be try harder yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of that's their it's been it's yeah it's their mantra or something like yeah. if you ask for more like I can't I can't understand this I need more help try harder try harder that's that's all you're gonna get which is yeah. quite quite fun actually it's uh it's been a it's more of a thing I think than actual like yeah <laughs> yeah no I mean I I, I like that it's like because because that's what you if you're really driven that's what you do you're like damn it I'll, I'll leave this for for a few hours and I'll get back to it and then you go back and maybe you know you'll have a new perspective and you're like oh wait I, I haven't tried this thing yeah and and then you you know try around and you're like and you eventually solve it or you don't but uh hopefully you solve it <laughs> yeah so do you have any do you have any 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 hacks for that like when you when you're into something uh an assignment or a task or something and you just you get stuck like you you're not really getting through something or just you can't advance any further like do you have any any hacks so just to give an example my mine is whenever i get frustrated that i'm not solving something i just go and get another coffee i go for a little walk for like two three four five minutes go back to the computer i'm like okay here we go and i have something like something some some new idea has spawned that i can like go with do you have anything to sort of like spawn more threads the taking a walk thing uh i do the same uh, i go out and take a walk uh, make sure i get fresh air i uh I like to, I like to run, and I mean like really, really run, like fast. For don't have to be for a whole hour, but just 20 minutes, just run over across the field, just make myself really tired, and I come back and I feel really refreshed. Take a shower, and sit down again. Um, and my life revolves around my calendar and and lists. I have lists for everything to make sure I don't forget stuff. Mm. So, and I also have lists for my work and my testing and. Um, Every type of test I do, I have different type of lists to make sure I cover everything. And if I'm doing, say I'm doing, um, like let's say I'm, we're doing, I'm doing a lab uh, for OSCP or whatever. If I'm stuck, I'll, I'll actually take out my one of my work lists and I'll go through, have a checklist, have a checklist, have a checklist. And I have this whole repository of notes and, and lists of different things that I should try. And if I think I've tried everything, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll make a backup of my current notes and I'll re just restart just to make sure I'm doing everything from scratch. Because you know, going into your current notes and adding and looking through what you've already done can sometimes be, you know, you, you, it's easy to miss like a small, small detail. 
Um, so I'd rather just restart from scratch. If I'm and, and, and that's if I'm really stuck. If I'm doing this for for a day and I just am not getting anywhere. Mm. Um, but I mean, you, usually when I go through my uh, my, my checklists, uh, I usually you know get it eventually. So that's that's good. So I I find that also that <coughs> sorry that um just and I'm not sure like which uh, element of this actually solves the problem. But just uh, going to when I get really stuck uh, and I need some help, I like I grab a colleague and I j- go to him or her, explain my problem, and then when I'm done explaining, I'm like, actually, you know what? I have an idea. Uh, just thanks, you know. Just I've, I've I might have solved it, and I'm not sure if it's the walking part, the breaking part, or just explaining it into actual words that sort of solved it, or just everything uh, together. It's the, the legendary rubber ducky approach. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's the, I mean, it's probably, you know, indiv- from, individually, individual, but I mean, uh, for me, that also works sometimes. For me, it's it's the explaining part, saying it out loud. I was like, ah, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I forgot that that thing. It's like, I can I'll explain it to my partner, or sometimes I, I call my mom if my partner is not home, and I'll explain it to her, and she's like, she just, she's really sweet, she just pretends that she cares and that she understands, and she's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's good, that's good. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, she always adds at the end because she's funny like that. She'll, I'll explain it, and then I'm like, oh, oh, I got it. And she like, I didn't understand anything what you just said, but <laughs> I'm happy. I'm ha- if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good. I mean, you need someone to to sort of just bounce ideas off. Something, yeah, sometimes. exactly. Uh, Mikael Takeo in chat says the same thing. It's explaining uh, for me. I I do the same, and yeah. Mm. I, because the thing that you have to actually put it into words, you have to sort of like uh, think, approach it differently, I think, than you do it mentally. And then it's like, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, that might have actually solved it. So Yeah, it's like when you think about it, when you think about the thing, it's like it's compressed. So you don't actually see all the parts of it. When you mm-hmm. say it out loud, decompress it, and it just comes out like, oh, wait, I see the big picture now. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good explanation, actually. So do you, like, do you have any, I mean, we... We work a lot. Uh, do you have any other like cool projects that's going on, or like anything, like work-wise or or private-wise, just I think fun going on? Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. I have one thing going on, uh, and I asked for permission the other day if I'm allowed to mention it. I'm allowed to m- tease, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not allowed to mention any names or company names or anything like that because that's you're all, you're all you're all gonna have to see that later, basically. Uh, it's how do you say that in English? SVT, SVT, Swedish I have no idea. The uh, the public service uh, uh, TV channel. SVT, you yeah. all know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we, me, and some other people are we are a group of of hackers, and we are filming a TV series with SVT, where we hack people celebrities and um, and companies mm-hmm. all of whom have in some uh, some way or another signed a contract saying that they allow this of course which makes it's very complicated to hack people when they sort of know you're going to hack them yeah so you have so it's we've been super sneaky and really like uh, tricked them in so many ways uh, just to get them to do what we what we want them to do uh, and it's of course, super exciting, super fun. We're having a, a we're having a blast. Um, 
there's uh, I mean the, the the companies who who sign up for this they, there's of course it's it's basically uh, like any red teaming exercise actually uh, like you know there's like a a few people in control like a CEO or a CTO and they are the ones who know about this they sign the papers and they are you know with us discussing the the terms and what exactly what we're going to do and so on and and then it's anything goes. Uh, we do whatever we want, and and of course the the film crew has to be you know in on it because if it's not good TV, it's not good on TV. They don't want us to do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's less sitting with at the computer and hacking, and more try to social engineer us into this office. Pretend that we're watering the plants. As oh hey, we're from this company. You're, we have we water your plants. If it's a very really big company, you just can assume that there's someone watering their plants, and uh, and they'll be like oh oh okay, just, just go right in, or we'll just you know piggyback on them in. And then when they open the door, is you know classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll just go in and we'll plant a thing of some sort. Um, so do you have any favorite way of um, getting into to a company, like physically? Is it pig, is piggybacking the your favorite like method, or do you have any? Like, do you dress up to some electrician, or or do you like fake an ID card and steal an ID card for someone? Or just like do you have any? I methods mean, like that? I mean the the most common one I would say that is that is actually I mean I can say favorite, but it's probably it's nothing that is very common because it's a lot of effort and it's like. You just don't get to do it because usually you'll just pick the the, the, sim, the simple, the simple solution, which is mm-hmm. piggybacking. If it's a big company, piggybacking. People, uh, people don't question you, yeah. which is of course super super bad. Uh, if you stand there, you need to make sure you you look professional, you know, with a suit or whatever, and you up with your phone, and immediately when someone comes back from lunch, hope preferably they're alone. Uh, and they look at you, and you just look at them, and you just, hey, it's, oh yeah, there's, and you pretend you're talking to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's come someone coming in. No, no, you don't have to come. I'll, I'll, I'll let myself in. Don't worry. And they, I've never, almost never been questioned, mm. and they'll just let you in, and they won't even f- make sure that you're going to the person that you're going to. Um, so, so like, why do you think that works? Is it because people don't want to be rude to someone, or that they like want to be nice to you, or? Like just think, afraid of like conflicts or something. Yeah, I was about to say that. I think it's a lot about people being afraid of conflict. That maybe it's this sort of latent uh, fear that uh, that uh, that you, whoever you are, are going to just lash out like, "Hey, who do you think you are? Do you know who I am?" Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and and oh no, I'll get yelled at if this person is late to wherever they're going, and I'll make a mistake, and oh, I don't want to do that. Or you just being nice and you just don't think about it i guess there's a probably that's a big thing as well that i mean this person is here and they want to get in they probably belong here why would they not belong here they're they're about to go into this building they have something they have to do here yeah. uh people don't generally think it's more common now uh that i would get stopped it's much more common actually these days say five six years ago i guess something like that it probably would be more uncommon yeah. Uh, but now, you know, it's been a, you know, been a few incidents in the media. Security is more, been more in focus, you know, um, with uh, non-IT security people and so on, non-IT people. Uh, and it's more like if I go, if I knock on, knock on a door and there's someone coming to open, they will ask me like, where are you going? Who, who, are you, who are you, who are you seeing? 
sometimes I can get away with saying like just the name of uh, of you know someone in the IT department. Oh, I'm seeing this person, or oh, I'm I'm here for an interview. You know, just make make something up. Mm. Usually, bold, bold bold stuff. You can get away with really bold stuff because if it's really weird, like 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 you know like you're watering the the plants. <laughs> as long as you have a badge uh, or like a shirt that says you know random plant company. Yeah. We will we water your plants. <laughs> uh so you don't have to uh you can give you can really get away with a lot of stuff like that um but yeah like piggybacking uh really common um if you as long as you're doing the actual piggybacking and not you don't have to knock and someone has to come and open because obviously then they'll say who are you what do you want uh you know get the fuck out of here uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get out of here uh, get out of here you're, but but, but I'm, I'm here to water the plants we don't have any plants it's all plastic <laughs> That's my, my, my dream is to someday have a, like, be in, in a situation where I can tell someone to, like, get him out of here, like in the movies, like, get him out of here. Like, that's my, that's my life achievement unlocked. Get him out of here. Get him out of my face. Yeah. And you'll have some private security squad next to you and just carry the person out. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I want that. Can someone please make that happen? Pretty cool. <laughs> so we got more, in case, well, Comments from chat. So Silica says that we should. Well, he just says NDA. I suppose he he wants like think that we should sign in an NDA, and you can tell us about everything of the TV show. So, yeah, <laughs> just, that's a solution. No, I uh, <laughs> I I have been. Um, uh, they were really. Uh, it took it took a while for them to to let let me uh, to say this that what I'm saying right now, mm-hmm. uh, and they were very 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 strict on no names, no company names uh no no more details than basically what i just told you uh just just a small tease mm. and then people will just have to wait i mean i'm i'm actually and it's it's the first time i'm, I'm hearing this so i'm super hum- hyped uh i mean i'm gonna say basically like this the the less you try to dig into it and and the less you try to squeeze information out of me the more fun you'll have when it's yeah. released because the the more we're already very disturbed while we work with all the rules and restrictions it's like we can't it's very very much anything goes but it's still um there's still a lot of things you know like we can't you know we're not obviously you know we're not allowed to go into people's email accounts and we'll have to uh, you know ask permission for everything we do and so on so it's very restricted but it's going to be amazing uh i can guarantee you that because we've already done a lot of really cool things so like when, when do you think this will air? Is it this year sometime? I th- yeah, it will be this year. Nice. I don't. They haven't given. They don't haven't given me that much information because they want all the information, all the reactions. I mean, this obviously isn't something that they won't film when they uh, tell me, "Oh, it's going to air this," and I'll be like, ah, "That's not going to be there." But I mean, <laughs> it's more like a very much need to know basis, yeah. uh, even for us who are in the series. Awesome. Um, because they want to film all reactions all the time. So, so we you, you mentioned fishing and this being more of a, of a red team exercise. So, I mean, spear fishing. If we're talking spear fishing, if I gave you a week to just craft spear fishing to like a, a given target that's not like super security savvy, sea uh, hmm. level someone, like, and you have a week. What's your success rate? Would you say, like, if you had to like guesstimate something, what, what's your success rate of then clicking and then following your link? A hundred percent, I would say. Yeah. 
uh, I done. I used to do a phishing service uh, for a previous employer. I, I want to do it now. I just haven't because there's haven't been any time because there's so much else to do. Uh, but I aim to do that at some point again because it's fun, mm. uh, and it's all always worked. There's always been between I don't remember the numbers, but we'd say between fifty and eighty percent. It really depends on the size of the company, of course, and what type of company and what type of phishing campaign I can cook up at the time. Because I always try to be, I put a lot of effort into the campaigns when I did it. Because there was like a company they had office in Lund and Malmo, I think it was, if I remember correctly. And I was very specific on picking out my targets to make sure, okay, these people, they work in Lund, these people, they sit in Malmö before, but it was years before the pandemic, so they were in on site. And okay, so we have one place here that people eat lunch at, and this place here in Lund that people eat lunch at, okay, I'll send out uh, an invitation to a new, a new restaurant that opened up just outside of this address, which happens to be next to their office. Uh, and the first, uh, you know, 50 people who, who request a coupon gets a free lunch. You'd be surprised how many people go nice. in there and it's like, oh, I have to enter some sort of details. And, oh, it's asking me for a login. It's like, oh, I need my goddamn coupon. And uh, there was even a, a lady at one point, and, you know, bless her. Uh, bless her heart. She clicked. This ran badly, I can hear it. She clicked 30 times. She kept clicking and she kept entering her details. And eventually she replied, because I did have a reply to uh, on the email, so that if someone were to reply, it wouldn't just go out into, you know, it wouldn't bounce back to them, because mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, you know, some some sort of reply. So it, that was also for, you know, damage control. If someone, uh, something were to go bad, I would cross some sort of line, or, you know, it would, there's always the risk. Uh, if someone were to complain, I would be able to explain it to them via email if they replied to the email. But she actually replied and asked, it's like, oh, I can't get this coupon. I've tried for so many times now. Can you can you please send it to me? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm one of the first 50 people. <laughs> and I think I just, when we finished this test and we talked to the the, the two people inside the company, CEO or CTO, who ordered it, we asked them to talk to this this person and explain, you know, in a in a, in a nice manner <laughs> that yeah. I'm sorry, there is no free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good lesson learned for her i think uh but yeah i mean it's if you really if you put a lot of effort into you know you know, all the classic it's, it's it's the pretty classic thing of oh uh the they make the emails they'll have a lot of spelling mistakes in emails because they, they want to catch the people who don't you know look for mistakes uh, uh don't who don't properly they just click that's the ones they want to catch but i mean if you do it like you know, 110% effort, and you just make everything perfect. And your 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 goal is to have everyone click if you can. Uh, you're gonna get a lot of clicks, or yeah. downs of you know whatever you're sending them for attachment. Yeah, Sulika says he's really surprised. He says she didn't get a free lunch. <laughs> Way to kick her when she's down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I realized. As yeah. I was say saying this, I was like, I should have given her the damn lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we got Just80 in chat says, it would be really fun if you're, like, because we're talking about the, the, the piggyback and stuff. He said, it would be fun if it, if, if it really said random plant company, like on your clothes. <laughs> random plant company. So I, I did have a, uh, I, I've been thinking now uh, recently that, I mean, I need to have some sort of setup 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you like you can just print this really big sign. For example, random plant company. Uh, <laughs> RPC. Yeah, make make a really nice logo, and just you know tape it. Rent a white car. You know those typical company car. Yeah. <laughs> just tape it to the side. Order a shirt and have those you know work kind of pants, whatever you call it. <laughs> yep. A tool, a tool belt, a toolbox. I don't know why you need a toolbox to water plants, but we're just going with it. Uh, and then you just pack that toolbox full of rubber duckies and uh, bash bunnies and raspberry pies and ev- all sort of drop boxes. And then you're just like, hey, I'm watering your plants. And it's like, why do you have a toolbox? Uh, maintenance <laughs> work yeah. on the plants. Uh, I need to build a new pot. <laughs> Uh, and Mikael Takeo in, in chat asked you, what's in your default red team bag? Um, that would be... Speaking of bags and stuff. <laughs> that would be the... I mean, I do have you know rubber ducky and bash bunny stuff. Uh, very seldom get to use those. Uh, well, so far. Mm. Dropbox. The Dropbox, I would say. Uh, either Raspberry Pi or if it's this sort of... That's okay, not specifically red teaming, but... Uh, just internal network test with an assumed breach. I'll just have a laptop with a Kali or something running on it. I'll just ask the customer, like, oh, we're pretending that you've opened this really malicious document. Here's a laptop. Can you connect this to your network? And that's and we'll we'll start from there. Because um, it's just a because we realized that sometimes sometimes it's it takes a long time to get into the the, the internal network. Sometimes you're really in, in bad luck. Someone doesn't open your, your document. Windows Defender has a new heuristic uh, majumbo that they're, they're they're trying out, and your your thing gets caught, and you're screwed, and you just you cannot get in. Uh, and it's like, of course, eventually you'll get in. Uh, that's I mean, I don't think. I can't really, can't okay, of course, probably most certainly there's been a situation where we haven't gotten in and we have to you know cheat, but most often we do get in. Uh, uh, but in those cases, like okay, we don't we don't we have wasted a lot of time in getting in, mm. when we can we usually find so much so much stuff when we're inside a network already, because people just don't give a damn about um, internal. Uh, network security yeah there's you know file shares everywhere someone has uh, <laughs> for some reason that's actually more common than you think yeah. for some reason they've shared their c drive in windows is world readable and you're just you're just harvesting password and password spraying all over the place and you just boom you you're owning the place uh but yeah i'd, I'd say the dropbox is the, the most commonly used uh, red teaming, um, like actually physical tool. I'm, th- I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. software. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think he meant like physical stuff as well. Um, so speaking of like getting into companies that might take some time, do you ever like make the argument for a customer that you know just it's ne- it's unnecessary to include the phishing face because we will get in. It will just cost you a lot of money. Like we better might as well start on the inside. Or like, do, are you happy to do everything like from from the outside, if, if that makes sense? Uh, no, it's the first thing that you said that we we always argue with the customer that we can do the phishing phase, but we prefer to do that as a separate thing. Because mm-hmm. um, you know it works, right? I mean, if the it doesn't, I mean, they, they do click always. They do uh, always. Someone always opens the, the document. 
but it's there. There's so many things that can go wrong on the way. There's so much preparations to be done. It's in terms of a value to the customer. We always say that let us do an assumed breach test first, always, because we're going to give you a really thick report at the end of this this two weeks. You, we usually do two two, two weeks when it's a, a internal network if it's. Um, not for any specific reason, but it just has been recently a lot of very big networks. Um, yeah, I mean, you might get really unlucky and you know have me and my team on the blue team side. So that mean you mean you're that's, that's yeah, it's gonna be a that's struggle. A, Maybe... That's a wrap. So because you know, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a struggle. <laughs> I'm gonna have to you know, I'm gonna kidnap kidnap someone and hit them with a wrench. Just like give me yeah. your fucking password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm completely unbiased in this opinion, of course. So yeah. Just, um. <laughs> <laughs> so do you um completely sort of unrelated do you do you do any any ctfs like capture the flag competitions like or have you done it or uh no i've done it a long time ago i there's no specific reason why i don't i it could be the whole uh stress stress thing yeah. i'm very easily i'm very easily stressed uh and if i it's a competition I usually don't like competition because like it's sort of the same mentality I have as with bug yeah. bug bounties. It's like it feels like it's a competition. I have to be there first. Oh no, it's a duplicate report, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and I think that's the main reason actually being honest that it's the it's the stress part that I feel stressed that I oh I have to win. I have to do do something or else I'm a failure. Uh so but I mean that would be the more honest answer but i mean in i think also in reality it's like time there's so many other things that i like to do uh, and i like to take my time doing it and i like to sit alone and just chill and just listen to some very relaxing super fast stressful dubstep or something uh, <laughs> perfect yeah no i don't know why i need fast music when i'm when i'm coding or reviewing stuff i'm the same I, I usually put up some, some hardcore, like anger fist hardcore or something. That, that makes me sort of relax and I can think like clearly when I have that in, in my headphones, which is strange. Yeah, it's sort of weird. Yeah, I'm the same. It's like very, very, like very aggressive heavy metal at one point. I haven't listened to that in a while, but uh, I don't know. I just sort of sometimes every other year, I just switch whatever playlist I'm, I'm listening to. And I, I usually have the same playlist for a very long time and I just loop that and it's just probably because i don't even hear or listen to it so it's like it's something that i listen to twice can be new to me with the third time like, oh i haven't heard this before <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh more from the chat so speaking of the like getting into buildings so we're jumping back and forth between subjects because uh, Perfectly yeah, fine. That's, that's what we do uh so he says what well, he asks have you ever done a, a door card copy to access a door card reader to get in, or is it just too easy to piggyback or lie yourself in during daytime? Uh, I, okay, I have not done that. Um, let's see. I think I've had a colleague who did that once, but not a. Don't remember if it was a card copy or if they. Um, I think it was, was they they made a they made a badge. They found a very good picture of a badge from that company. And they photoshopped their own version, printed a badge, and then they were just let in through the security. Uh, they had mm-hmm. this front desk with security, and they just showed the badge, and they're like, okay, you can pass. Yeah, uh, I love those LinkedIn posts where people are like, I started a new, this, this is my first day at my new company, I'm so excited. And then they post their badge. Like, yay, <laughs> thank you. Look I'm going to use that. 
as one of those people who uh, uh, was a Twitter. It was a bunch of years ago. Uh, someone who posted their new cool credit card because it has a custom image on it. You oh. know, and people were like, "Can you show us the backside?" It's like, <laughs> "Sure. Why? Why do you want the backside?" <laughs> I remember that. If it's the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the same. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor person. Mm. I actually have a, I have a, I have a card cloner in 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 the closet here. So I I actually was like messing around with that like three or four years ago just cloning my uh my sl like the the um, yeah i have one of those as well <laughs> yeah the card to like go with the to take the trains and buses and stuff yeah. i never really get to use it a lot like in 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 work but i just i messed mm-hmm. around with it yeah no i didn't, you didn't use mine in work but to just finish answering that question mm-hmm. uh when it comes to the actual physical you know breaking into somewhere it's uh uh, either Wi-Fi or just piggybacking. Actually, that's that's usually the easiest one. We even very seldom have to, you know, do those elaborate thing with copying badges and and dressing up to a random plant watering company or something. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just piggybacking. Look, look, act like you belong and just walk right in. If it's a very small company probably gonna have some more trouble it's probably easier than to send them an email with a file or breaking in through um you know um i would like to say that you know password use through private accounts but you know like uh, database dumps leaks and stuff but that is actually not that common uh not as far as we've seen that uh just gather combo lists and just try against their vpn or something uh, not actually, we don't, we don't really do that because it's not having much of a success rate because people in their company environment, they have summer, winter, host, followed by a year, or they have the name of the company followed by a year, or they have some, you know, silly stuff like poop. And uh, we've seen a lot of password policies are usually horrible. So it's like password mm-hmm. spraying is usually a really uh, one really good way to go. Uh, but breaking in from an external site is pretty common. Mm. Uh, like they have some sort of page um, lying around on a subdomain somewhere uh, and will break in through there. Or they have a an office. Um, was at one point they had an office in a different country and that office had a website that no one really cared about. We broke in through that one and then they had a, a VPN to the office in Sweden, and then we jumped in through through there. Nice, yeah. So, I think password, like bad password policies and password reuse, and just adding a one, two, three, four after the password. Yeah. So I, sup- I assume you do like permutations of that. Just use all the yeah. passwords, and then just add one, two, three, or eight, nine, zero. Yeah. We have the default list of uh, you know summer host winter and then we add the company name um and then a few others uh and then we usually just start by just trying spraying a few services or local accounts with that and very often we get lucky so so is is that enough or or do you or do you crawl like the the website for like specific company like names or words and then add that to the password list or is it enough with just a winter and summer passwords uh if we are not getting anywhere, we do we create we can create a word list from the, the website, but that's not very common actually that we have to do that. Mm. And, you, and usually the passwords that we eventually crack, and I'm talking about when we're inside network, not not from the outside. Uh, they're usually uh, 
nothing to do with their you know like external services it will be like something whatever that they came up with or just some some word that is related to maybe the the IT administrator personally or something that they picked 10 years ago and that they haven't changed yeah so we got a question from from chat from uh, Vikarasic if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly I apologize he says uh, if you had to create a password policy what would it look like and like mm. my, my answer would be like I don't remember but I look at the NIST stuff uh, that's my answer do you have any any other answer to what's a good password policy uh, you disappear there for a few seconds sorry no, so if, <laughs> oh sorry um, so if I had to if I was asked a question to like create a password policy mm. I'd sort of redirect them to the NIST guidelines on like password policies Mm. Uh, so basically, pick a, a a a long password. I'm not. I don't remember what the like, number of characters that they have in the in list. And then don't force people to change password every three months. Just change it whenever you f- think it's compromised. I think it's said as like. I think what? I got everything. I think I got everything you said there. Is any anyone else having problem with everything freezing? <laughs> no, it's uh, probably my end. Sorry. So. Like, uh, What's yeah, your take okay, on so, password policy? Like, do you have any? Uh, is that not so, your thing, maybe? Uh, well, I mean, it is. Now, I mean, we wouldn't be able to say straight off like a specific one, like specific rules, say in a Windows domain. I, right off the bat, here I wouldn't be able to say that. Mm. Uh, but I mean, what we usually tell the customers is length over complexity, like a passphrase. Um, you know, write a sentence that you can remember. Um, uh, you know, a minimum of, I think now, the recommendation now, I think is 12 uh, for a use, normal user account and 15 for an administrator. Uh, I mean, why differ? Say 15 for all. Mm. I mean, if you're having a long, I mean, if you're having a long sentence, you, you can you can remember a sentence. Elephant uh, staple something. Uh, yeah, I like red elephants on Mars. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Something like that. Exactly. I mean, that's going to be hard to to crack, at least. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if there are red elephants on Mars. Or maybe that is your password. Like, we don't Where... know. <gasps> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's just yeah. straight off. That, that's, what I would, that's what I tell customers, actually. Um, but I haven't specifically cooked up a specific password policy for a company uh, because I usually usually they handle that themselves, so uh, they they don't they're they have and I they have an IT uh, department and they have an administrator uh, or, or several and they know their stuff. So I just tell them, you know, I recommend you to do this, and they're like, okay, we'll do that, and they'll fix it. So yeah. So I mean, if we're speaking about offensive stuff, like what's your no? What's the most exciting thing? What excites you the most about an assignment or uh, something? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Is it like, do you, are you mostly into recon stuff or writing an exploit or discovering stuff or, or or social engineering? Like, do you have any any favorite part over another? Tinkering, uh, have, getting the source and immediately seeing, not immediately, but pre- usually pretty quickly. That's what gets me ooh, really riled up. Uh, that oh my god this looks uh, maybe it's uh, they have a bad pass uh, what am I saying uh, bad um, coding policy uh, I can see it's oh this is pretty sloppy it's a little bit messy already I'm going to find stuff here uh, and then you know finding this sometimes maybe a little bit obscure 
vulnerability. Like there was one point. I mean, it's, I guess it's Oops. not obscure, but I mean, it's what? I managed to destroy this dream with your video. Hang on. I'm sorry. Uh, Don't worry, we're going to work. This is because cut. I'm new at this and I actually messed that up. And you should be That's... sorry about that, Jenny. Wait. Uh, am my I, bad. Am we're I, back. Am I flying around on your screen now? What's going on? No, it was just your your video feed was empty because I sort of messed up. So uh, sorry for that. Uh, please continue if you remember where you are before I messed everything up. Uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that stressed me out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, tinkering with stuff, uh, finding source code, and uh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank you. No, so. Uh, no, for example, okay, so there was one, uh, and it's not it's not that I'm specifically into this type of vulnerability, but when you find something that is, you know, you, if, if if I found a SQL injection, that's like, oh, cool, but that's pretty still pretty common these days. It's not very complex usually to exploit. It's, you know, it's 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 nice because okay, now I have a, I have a high slash critical vulnerability for this report. I don't, then I have to, then I can, you know, I don't have to stress. I don't have to feel like, oh my God, I'm not finding anything. I have something really good for my report. It's going to give good value to my, my customer. You know, I'm proud. But it doesn't specifically give me like, oh, super excited because it's not a, that much of an exciting vulnerability. There was one not too long ago. What was that? That was, they created a password reset code using a very insecure way so that when I sent the password and they use a default, when you created the, um, when you install the application and you just pressed, you know, next, 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 next in the setup screen, they set a default uh, email for, for the administrator account. And that email wasn't ever, ever actually used that much, uh, except if you needed to reset the password, which people, you know, sometimes just didn't have to do or they did in another way. So that email was very often um, set like I could actually just assume that uh, the, e the administrator, the admin account had this email. So when you sent the, um, the password reset email, you know, the, the password reset code would be set in a database. I could just make an assumption, okay, it's set now. And when I sent a request, I could take the time, you know, write a script, take the time, and I could use plus minus, you know, a few seconds uh, or like one, one, I think it was like a half a second plus minus or something. And then you just hammer away at the password reset, the act, you know, the active, uh, you know, the link that you get in email, and you reset the password. Uh, you just hammer away at that endpoint, uh, and then you'll know within, I don't know, within a few hours, you'll be able to have set that password. P relatively simple thing, but it's like not that common these days to, to come across. So I could get excited about something like that. Okay, this is something that the customer probably hasn't seen before. Uh, and I can write this really interesting little mini article in my finding in the report and, you know, a little screenshot, a little bit of proof of concept code. Uh, I, I guess it's stuff like that. When it's, when it's the standard stuff that you almost always find, it's not that exciting because, you know, if you've done this for a while, you have your already written findings that you copy paste and you, you know, change it a bit to match this specific case. Um, I mean, most customers, um, not always interested in 
your super long and very obviously very interesting of course. <laughs> text. <laughs> but I mean, probably most a lot of people probably don't even read it. They're like, okay, these are the findings. Uh, how do we solve it? Okay, well, so solved. Going on, moving on. Uh, but I guess that's uh, what gets me uh, excited. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not so normal stuff, right? Like when you have to do something extra or something. Yeah, as, as offensive security says, try harder. <laughs> yeah, try harder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but it's like uh, those times when you find something odd that is critical or high, at least in severity, and you know you can take over, you know, take over the server or take over, you know, ad an admin account or something, you know, something that really has an impact, you know, when you present this to the customer or if you're just freelancing on your free time and presenting it to whoever you're, you know, own um, the vendor of whatever you're reviewing and you can feel that, okay, this is going to have a really impact. This is going to be cool. And they're going to be engaged in the conversation with you to, to solve this problem. Mostly they're not, but you can dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get some, some non-technical person that you have to explain it to. So do, um, yeah, so in, in your reports, do you uh, like you also include like how to remediate the issue and how to reproduce yes. it and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's easy for everyone to like like reproduce what you found, and then you follow your re remediation steps, and then you can just try to reproduce it again, and it shouldn't work. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we usually do um, very often do retest, uh, and that's usually just. Uh, depend, of course, it depends on application. Usually I do it within a day or just maybe just sometimes just a few hours, even less. Just go through the report, just check. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, a SQL, let's just, since, since I said, said SQL injection before, I mean, it's just going in. If I have the code, it's even easier, of course, just check. Yeah, they checked it. Check. Mm -hmm. yeah. Add a retest note to the, the report, uh, up, uh, you know, export to PDF, send, done. You know, it's... Uh, but of course, that's depending on the company. That's usually very appreciated, because sometimes they they have developers, um, but maybe they have like a requirement that they are not allowed to say that this is secure. They need to have an external party that says that certifies that okay, this is this is resolved. Mm. Uh, a question from chat from V Karasic. Do you write your own tools for fun, maybe? Uh, yes, I do. Um, not that much recently. Uh, long, very long time ago, before I, I SQL Map probably existed at the time. Uh, it was before I worked with this. I was young and inexperienced, <laughs> <laughs> and the SQL injections was the coolest thing ever. Obviously, you know, at the time, uh, and I wrote my own SQL injection tool. Uh, which I will never disclose to the public because it is an absolute <laughs> horrific mess. It is blasphemy. Um, what did you write it in? <laughs> it was PHP. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was the first, that was actually the first language that I, like, I started with C. And actually, I think I started with Visual Basic or something. And then I uh, went to C. And then I got a book about PHP in for my birthday for my for my parents and I got really hooked because it was oh my god this is I understand this this is I can do so much yeah. uh, it's so simple to understand um uh, and that's that's the actually the only reason I guess why I'm so into PHP because I've been doing it for so 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 very long 
it, it's it's easy to get to get into it's it's easy to get stuff done like to create things which is like really welcoming if you want to learn stuff yeah, um, um, but yeah I, I started with pascal when i was that's because i'm old so in school in like <laughs> 96 or something so yeah i've i don't remember a single anything of it but yeah 96 the year when sql injection was uh well not invented but discovered i guess you say <laughs> Yeah, I had I've never heard of that at that time, so I had no idea until like ten years <laughs> later or something. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I I do from time to time. I mean, uh, today I write most of my stuff in Python. Um, I mean, it happens that I still do something small. Say I have to just test some a theory out. I'll write it in PHP. I actually wrote a tool. Uh, what was um, Jelly? I, no, wait, I renamed it. Um, Jellypeg, because it's a tool to inject code in images that has been run, that has passed through the image JPEG function in PHP. So I wrote it in PHP simply because the functions from Im the image uh, GED library, uh, you know, I wanted to use them as they were used in PHP applications. So I wrote this tool to mimic the process um, because I. I encountered a library uh, a long time ago, and it was like one or two years ago that I wrote the article about it and published it. Uh, but I discovered it way back, but just, oh, that's neat. And then I, for some reason, I just didn't report it and didn't do anything about it. Irresponsible <laughs> of me. Uh, but I guess I was at another place in life. Mm. Um, no, so it was an upload image hosting platform of some sort, I think. It was a, open source as well. And basically, you could up. It was arbitrary file upload. Basically, uh, you can upload anything, and it would save the extension, and you can access you know, the PHP file. But it would always run it through Image JPEG, so it tried to create it an an image from whatever you sent in. So it always came out just jumble, just garbage, garbage uh, text. You never got if you uploaded a shell or code, even the shortest little text, it never went through. Plus, it verified it was an image and so on. So I wrote this tool to basically download an image from uh, like a placeholder, a kitten.com or something. Uh, and then you have to set it up. Uh, uh, it does, you know, setting quality settings in JPEG format and so on. And it will basically just go through the whole image and find a place for that specific image where the very, very short little code that executes a command can survive the the process and the compression and so on. Uh, it worked. Um, that was actually pretty cool. Uh, and there was this uh, extension for Joomla K2, this uh, extra CMS extension for Joomla that, uh, that used that library and they were affected. And I was pretty proud, actually. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, was yeah. that like on your own time as an open source thing, or in your in your like? That work? was on my own time. Um, I uh, that was like a very long t 2011 or 12 maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I just stumbled. It was the same same thing. I just looked for something to review, stumble on it. Uh, at the time, I didn't have the habit of actually publishing or uh, reporting. I just did it because it was fun. Just find stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool, and then I just played Final Fantasy or something. <laughs> um, and like then, you do. Uh, you know, like you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, and then 
a few years ago, I remembered it, you know, like I said before, like I write it down, I pick up the notes, I'm like, oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> um, but then I actually had uh, a working exploit for that site or that thing. And then I, uh, I dug that up and then I rewrote it and I verified it and then I actually reported it and, you know, did that whole thing. That's uh, awesome. So, so that tool is actually, that I, I actually published that tool uh, and it's very recently made a lab which i have submitted to a certain organization i'm not, allowed, I'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that i've submitted it though, <laughs> because they, they they said that i'm not allowed to submit it to anyone else and blah 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 uh but uh but they like that at least so uh so i have that on my on my github page awesome. for, for that specific, it's a very specific vulnerability so but it's pretty cool yeah I, like it i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you later to like sort of share your your, your stuff with us like github or on the medium page and whatever other resource so we'll get to that and we'll add it into the youtube details later so cool. uh, v has another question about php so speaking of hmm. php what would you suggest developers to create secure web apps is it enough to keep the libraries up to date like do you have any suggestions on how to create more secure stuff i mean i would like to say to pick a very good framework because I mean from my experience if you I, I'm not gonna say a specific frame framework because there are there are so many and people are gonna start arguing with me <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't I haven't Sad. I mean <laughs> there I know I did, I did actually switch frameworks a while back so oh, anyway um, <laughs> of course you should keep your absolutely keep your your libraries up to date or at least um, in whatever capacity you are able to subscribe to security lists or for example uh, the WordPress security, since I have a WordPress site that I'm maintaining for a friend, uh, <clears throat> I make sure to keep up to date on uh, on the WordPress security so that whenever there's a patch or a plugin that they use that there's a patch for it, I make sure to, you know, apply it. Um, and no, but I mean, you get a lot of, with a very modern, good framework, whichever you choose, <laughs> uh, you very often get a lot of free security. You know, there's, uh, if you just go MySQL um, uh, connect uh, function, the raw MySQL uh, functions in PHP and you start string concatenating, of course, you're going to have a lot of problems. But I mean, if you, and you can also obviously string concatenate when you use the framework, but I mean, usually a lot of the frameworks that I've used in PHP, they, they sort of by automatic when you read a documentation and read how to use it, you get a lot of that security uh, with it because, uh, you know, they, they've they written um, a wrapper around the, uh, the MySQL, for example, hand order. You know, um, they encode their output to prevent cross-site scripting. And if you want to show HTML or whatever, you have to read up on it and you have to use like a, you know, double brackets or something to, uh, in your, um, what's it called? In your templates and so on. So I'd say uh, absolutely keeping your libraries up to date, or at least keeping up to speed with the vulnerabilities in those libraries, uh, and removing libraries that you don't use. That's a mistake I've done in the past. That I've during development just add a add stuff, and then say a year passes and there's one or two libraries that I just stopped using or I've replaced them, and actually maybe didn't remove them. So they're actually still in the you know in this case in the vendors folder, for example. Um, you know, and that, that 
I think that's a dumb risk. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, read up on whatever framework if you're using a framework um, that you use and whatever you know security functions, and generally be uh, up to speed on. Uh, say you know, over, oh, I always say OVASP top ten. Of course, there are other vulnerabilities than those on that list. And yeah, you know, if you have other sort of coding, you know, you do like desktop clients and whatever. You have uh, uh, SANS, the SANS top twenty-five list as well, which have a few other type of vulnerabilities that you can check out. But generally, I'd say if you don't read up on security or haven't done it already. I'd say, I always say, start with OVASP top 10. Um, I know, I know all of you probably heard it a hundred times. <laughs> but it's good. Uh, it's, it's, worth, uh, it's worth reiterating the, the importance. Yeah, because I mean, I'm saying that you get a lot of free stuff with modern frameworks, and you do. But I mean, if you don't know how to use it, you might make a mistake one time and you won't realize it. Mm. So I mean, you know, know your tools, basically. Yeah. Know what you're using. So what about like um, let's say that uh, the the this PHP developer whoever he or she may be like doesn't have the the resources to get a, a code review or, or something like what's your take on like static code an analysis uh, and having that done is it good or bad or like unnecessary or maybe it depends on the language uh, yeah I mean I haven't been using much static code analysis simply because I like to do it manually. Hmm. Um, I've had customers who, so I think we mentioned before, you know, when you mentioned the um, the compliance testing, there's a pet peeve and so on. Yeah. Uh, one pet peeve I have is, and it's, it, it's very specific. <laughs> it's like, that, that, that's awfully specific. <laughs> uh, but it's happened a few times, actually, is when I have a customer and they have a, a supplier that has either sold them a tool that they've sold to many many clients or that they've developed something specifically for them and now they're maintaining it but this third party the supplier they still own the application and the code and they control it but your customer has been basically forcing the supplier to you know that you should review it this happened a few times but you review it but they don't want you to the supplier because if you find bugs and you in these specific cases there was a fuck ton of bugs and it was horrible <laughs> it was a nightmare it was such a nightmare of course it was and and it was i've never seen anything like it and they hated me we were there was so many arguments so many free actually racing voices kind of <laughs> arguments in Ouch. over teams because people were getting really really angry at each other because mm -hmm. the customer said no we're testing this if you want us to use this we're testing this and they were like, no, we don't need testing. It's secure. It's secure. They kept saying, and we kept finally, you know, um, remote code execution. After remote execution, we keep taking over the servers and use every single, all the time, so many times. Um, and then eventually they said, okay, we've solved the problem now. And their solution, and in one of the cases at least, uh, was to do, to pay for this, uh, I don't remember what it was called, and I'm not going to name drop it because... Maybe it's a super good solution, uh, but in this case, it wasn't. Uh, and that was a static code analysis that they used, and they just pumped out the report, and it was 90% false positives, or just... And we, we, we kept finding, you know, critical uh, vulnerabilities. And because it's this... Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad with static code analysis. It's 
mostly because I haven't used it that much because people, maybe some of people are viewing this now are much more experienced than I am and are going to say, no, it's it's super good. I've had so much use for it. Maybe that's true. Uh, but in, I, I don't think, I think it's dangerous to only rely on it. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You can use it and, you know, maybe it's good because, okay, fine, you're, you'll get a few false positives, but you also, obviously you also get, it will detect if it's a, you know one of the good static analysis tools, it will detect some vulnerabilities if there are any. Mm. Uh, but I think, I mean, like you said, for the developer who just can't afford, uh, it, that that is better than nothing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's 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 a lot worse if you just ignore security, obviously. Um, but I mean, in that case, I would say do that with static code analysis, but also try to, you know, read into a little bit. I mean, you, you don't have to learn learn everything like that. Start with one thing. Start with <laughs> start with OWASP top ten. <laughs> yeah. No, you but start keep with coming the... back to that for a reason because it it is good. <laughs> it is good. It's a good list. I mean, yeah. uh, it's there for a reason. I mean, use that list. Um, take the first point. If you're if you, if if it's a developer who doesn't know any security, Google OWASP top ten. Go read the read the document. Take the first point learn about it hmm. uh, and then learn how to find that in your code uh, i mean because that's like not everyone who pen tests can 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 code but i mean if you're a developer who can already read code definitely learn how to read code to find vulnerabilities because it's you will find all those i mean there's a lot of uh, I mean, say someone is a black box testing your web app and they don't have your codes, obviously because it's a black box test, um, and uh, and they'll just you know start deer busting your uh, your site to discover your endpoints. But there's some developer that had a slash uh, obscure endpoint name that you won't find in a week, but maybe someone else will find it in a year, mm. and it's just a shell, you know, to to execute this command as root or whatever. It has happened so many times before actually. That's if you have the code you'll find so much more. If you if you read the code. Yeah. Uh don't rely only on static analysis. That's good. People, I, yeah, sorry. No, I'm just going to say people probably disagree with me on that, but that's that's my experience. Like that's from what I've experienced so far that uh you cannot only rely on that. Yeah, but that's perfect. I mean, that's why we're talking because we want to hear like your experience and your take on th- stuff. Please uh, don't kill me. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, I think this touches upon two of my like core concepts in security. Like one of them is uh, perfect is the enemy of good. So like, which and what I mean by that is there like there's more than well there's more steps from like having nothing to being perfect. You don't have to go to from nothing to perfect. You can take it in steps, hmm. uh, and like, don't aim for perfect. Aim for good, and that's that's good. And when you're at good, you can aim for more, uh, hmm. and at least you you're, you're like improving stuff along the way instead of waiting until you have the perfect solution in three years' time. Then, hmm. so yeah, so perfect is the enemy of good is one thing, and then also sort of hand in hand with that is like security, like layered security, something. So like the onion. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you have you have your developer, and maybe that developer takes a course or looks at YouTube stuff or something for like secure development, and you have a code review, and you have a, a static code analysis, and you have a pen test, and you have so mm. like layered stuff. 
Um, so, I mean, nothing is perfect. Uh, I'm pretty sure that each layer will find something that another layer didn't find. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so. and never stop learning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and those, there's a lot of, you know, it's typical. We keep seeing it now, especially these days when all the, all the security incidents after security incidents after security incident, where companies who've put millions and millions of insert whatever currency uh, into these secure appliances and firewalls and you know ids and ips and everything um and they still get breached because i mean those solutions they're they're great you know use them uh but you you, you need eyes as well you need someone actually looking from time to time if you introduce something new you need someone looking at it you know uh if you have People changing their password. People get you know you know leave the company or they get employed. You need to have eyes on you know testing password policies and testing passwords in the network and so on. Because, I mean, the net networks and solutions over time they often get littered littered um, in in many in many different ways. I mean, I mean I've seen I've actually seen it wasn't that long ago there was. Two years ago, I think. Okay, that maybe it's long gone. Depends. Uh, it was a developer within my midst who um, looked at. There was a bug. Said person looked at commented out code, which of course shouldn't be there because commented out code. You have a repository, you know, use it. Uh, and thought, hmm, I think if I uncomment this big pile of code, which was commented out or you know commented for has been commented out for seven years. If I do this, this bug will be resolved. And said person did that, and uh, hell broke loose. <laughs> oh, wait. Phone is ringing. I am busy. Thank you. Nice. Uh, hell broke loose, but with a behind the scenes, hell broke loose. No one noticed this for four months. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain resource... I'm being very careful what I'm saying here. <laughs> certain, <laughs> a certain resource in the back end that was growing and growing and growing and growing and growing oh. and growing and growing and growing. And then eventually someone like, what, you know, like like, <laughs> like this, like, was it that big all, all this time? <laughs> and they looked, looked in the logs and it's like, ooh, no, 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 no. It was not that big. <laughs> uh, and it's because this piece of code um, did something that uh, someone... Uh, someone at some point looked at, oh no, it's not supposed that, not supposed to do that. We'll comment it out, <laughs> mm. and left it like that in the code for many years. And then a new developer came along. But I'm trying to say that don't comment out code and just leave it. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like a good plan. <laughs> um, so we got another question, which and we're now we're entering stuff that's not my domain. Uh, so more sec dev ops, basically. Um, so is it and it's Mikkel Takeo? Is it not okay? to have system automated tests as you can have it done continuously and then add on specialists for maybe every larger version. And that's basically what, like, what I know. Actually, let's start with your take on that, Jenny. Do you have, do you have any input on that? So I'm thinking, just to try to picture what you mean, uh, like system automated test as in like for the code, like during a release or... Yeah, uh, what, the way I read it is like for like, let's say nightly builds, and then you do mm. automate stuff for like nightly builds, uh, or like weekly builds or something, and then when you go for a bigger like 
uh, like a bigger version change, then you do a pen test. Uh, yes, and, yes, yeah. but uh, I think that there should always be someone reviewing your pull requests. Uh, there should preferably be someone else than you looking at what you're writing at some point during the process. Um, because, I mean, even a, there was a, in Linux, the Linux kernel uh, a few years back, there was, and I think they concluded that that was some some third party trying to inject inject a vulnerability into the kernel. And it was one if statement that had been flipped mm-hmm. so that the, the SWID bit uh, was uh, like it was inverted or something, so that instead of checking that you are, uh, if you are if you are root, then you know execute this. Instead of do if you are not root, then do this very dangerous something like that. I don't remember. The, someone probably knows what I'm trying to refer to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a very very small change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I do think that I agree with what he said uh, in the chat, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I do believe that there should be an addition to that. That there should be someone else looking at your, for example, your pull request uh, and accepting it. That's in my, one of my previous, when I, when I did software development uh, previously, uh, we had that rule that there's, you, you're, you're not allowed to accept your own pull requests. Uh, you could, you couldn't, there was actually, we set it up like that. You couldn't, you could not go in and accept it. Someone else had to read it. And, and then it's, of course, it's their responsibility to actually read it and then just press, okay, whatever, you know, continue. Just about to ask that. Yeah, Do that they is actually read it, but like I know this said person, so I know it's good, and then just, just many do. times probably um, um, probably they don't. They just press accept, mm-hmm. and I think actually at some point I remember that that did happen a lot. Uh, but I mean that's a more like a your software team uh, cultural kind of problem. Then then yeah. you have to just make sure that you know remind people, be the person that remind people that read the code, or I'll you know I'll visit you in the night and I'll spill coffee on your lap or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'll buy I'll, I'll buy alien isolation for you if you don't <laughs> read the pull, pull requests. Uh, for, force you to, to ex- play Exactly, I'll force you to play it. Yeah, so, so <laughs> like my take on that is uh, less from a code review standpoint and more of a, like a pen test standpoint. And I, I think it's, if you if you have a, and again, this is not my domain, so I might be like way off way off but like if you have like nightly or, or weekly builds and i like it's not a bad idea i think to incorporate let's say what's the is it netsparker it's just like the automated pen test which i hated the terms but like it's pretty good i mean and then just to sort of automate that in that process and have a have it run like a couple of times a week because and then you also have your pen test for every new release or something so you have like again layered stuff so that the like the low hanging fruit gets noticed way earlier in the process, and then the pen tester can spend his resources on like more complex stuff, perhaps. Yeah, so no, absolutely. Uh, mm. I fully agree. I mean, it's. I mean, it's easy to. It's, it should be at least. If it's not easy to test it, then maybe you're choosing the wrong tool. Uh, but I mean, when you're looking into setting something like that up, I mean. You can just test it on a test project. You know, introduce a, a serious vulnerability and see how many of them that it finds. Really? And I mean, if you get only false positives and it doesn't detect anything, then oh, okay, maybe we should rethink this potentially expensive purchase because uh, I mean, it might be a license cost to that. You know, if you want to really make professional tools uh, or maintained tools rather. But 
but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you test it and you see that it runs and uh, finds stuff, and you're not getting a bunch of false positives, then absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's better than, I mean, like I said before, it's better than just leaving it and just letting it through because eventually there's going to be a bug. I mean, just because your team is super secure, um, how do you say it, uh, mindful of you know security, and they're all they go and take courses and so on. One day there might be someone who's new, you know, and maybe not haven't had time yet to, uh, to to do all this and get all this experience, and they'll they'll make a mistake. Maybe you know, it's it's part of uh, part of learning to make mistakes. Yeah. But just you don't want that in production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avoid production, please. <laughs> So let's let's. I mean, we've been talking for two and a half hours, which is this makes it the longest episode so far. So it's, yeah, I actually very soon have to leave. Because yeah, I was I, I was going to say that we're going to sort of wrap up because it's been uh, it's been a long episode. <laughs> we've been talking for a long, long time. Um, yeah, my my throat is like uh yeah I'm tired now. Same here. So uh, I think we should sort of wrap that up. Um, sorry for there. Yeah. It was a really thank good interaction. Yeah, thank you for coming. It's, it's been a really good in- interaction with chat. It's, it's really good questions. Very fun. A uh, lot of fun discussions. I yeah. really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. It was really, really fun. So, so like, if, if people want to uh, like read more of like, what you did or, or like reach you somehow, is there any way they can like, contact you if you want to share it? Like Twitter or something? Or... Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess... Can you? I, like, I'm very. <laughs> I haven't used Twitter in a while. Can you send private messages on Twitter? I think you can. Yes. Yeah, because I think you somehow included my Twitter somewhere. Yeah, you... it's uh, above your little. It's above, above your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that from here. Yeah, so it's. it's <laughs> yeah, but I, that that uh, I have. Yes, it's okay to contact me if you have some sort of want to discuss something that we discussed here. Uh, but I mean, uh, saying my email here, uh, technically I'm fine with it. But I mean, I think it's. Yeah easy to to hear it wrongly or something to spell it out go with twitter for now and then you know i can i can i don't know somehow post <laughs> some yeah. link or something and then we'll, we'll add we'll add some details in the in the youtube comments or details oh yeah yeah like you GitHub, said twitter and any yeah. medium anything else you want to share so that will be down in the comments which should be down here eventually when we post it on yeah. youtube yeah. sweet Awesome. Uh, Sulika says from chat thank you and special thanks to Ginny. see you next week uh, uh, you also get a LinkedIn request apparently from Mikkel Takeo. So just, just so you know. <laughs> Alright everyone, thank you so much for tonight and thank you, Dini. It was uh, like two and a half hours went by really fast. So thanks a lot. Alright. Thank you. Awesome and Bye. to viewers, see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.